One, two, three. What is up, everybody? Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Betting Podcast Network. It is Saturday, July 11th. Happy 7-11 day to you. It's time to go to Del Mar. We were at Del Mar yesterday, um, as close as you can be at least, watching on TVG, betting online, uh, enjoying the day, um, still beautiful out in San Diego. We won money. That's the most beautiful part about it, up $30 from yesterday. Uh, heading into today, uh, it is race two. Full disclosure, we, we did fall on the first race, but it was only a, a, a $5 three-way bet. So we, we're down 15 today, still up 15 for the meet. And really what today's podcast is going to be about, and there will be more live streaming, mainly on Saturdays. Uh, but this first one, it's going to introduce a lot of people uh, to, to how to kind of read and handicap uh, horse racing. And one of the, the easiest things to look at is the quality of horses. And, and, the, and the best way to look at the quality of horses is the purse. How much money is available? All right. You're not going to have a really good horse race for $12,000 purse. You know, you're going to have a good horse go for those big 50, 60, 70, you know, even stakes races. So the bigger the purse, the better the quality of horses. As we look at race number two at Del Mar, um, some notes that I have on the race. Um, there's value here, definitely. Um, we have to kind of play the odds on this one. There's a bunch of horses that I like but we have to find the ones that are uh, odds that are conducive to us. I do hope that people react to uh, the one's first time out run when he uh, finished 19th lengths off the lead. I think they're going to be money flowing away from him because of that. Um, I do think there's value in the nine horse and I'll get to him in a little bit. Um, it could end up being a favorite could end up going off five to one. It's kind of one of those horses that is going to fluctuate as the money comes in and let me see if we do have a updated line from the form on that eight horse um as i said the first race uh the the, the five horse i went for i felt like if he probably got a better run early on he got around the turn he got pushed or uh, a squeezed in the middle ended up getting pushed to the back and then when he went towards uh on the stretch run there was really nowhere to go for him um, really couldn't stretch the the runner out. So he ends up finishing in fifth place. Not a winner there, but nine more races to make our money back. Um, as we talked about with the, what horse did I just bring up? The nine horse. The odds are working, um, as we said, 13 to one. That That's very, very impressive for us. We also look at the eight horse at two to one. Not ideal, but those are the two horses I am going to put some money on. Um, I, I'm probably going to do a eight, nine Quinella uh, or a $1 exacta box. However you want to call that uh, pretty much picking the top two finishers, regardless of order, nice little 13 to one where you'll definitely get some money there. Um, but you also have uh, what's probably going to go as the favorite uh, at two to one. Currently the handsome, uh, handsome cat, the eight horse is two to one. The racing form projects it to finish at six to one. So that's rather interesting. But as we look at handicapping these races, this is a five furlong turf course. So what that pretty much amounts to, this is a sprint on the grass 
Um, it's pretty much the shortest race Del Mar is going to run. Uh, it's one left-hand turn. There will be uh, nine, uh, nine horses going. And it's, it's going to be interesting because we've seen winners in this, but it is a claiming race. And that, that's the first race we're going to talk about in terms of what type of horse races we see. This is a claiming $50,000 race. So what- hey, I'm going to interrupt you right there. This is uh, your uh, local political, U.S. local political historian. I, I study corruption in local politics. So it's my daytime job is financial services. So what's a claiming horse? I don't so know. What this, it, it's going to be a claiming race. And what it means is all nine of these horses are available for a maximum of 50,000. Some might be a little less, uh, but most of them. So just for example, the one horse is at 45, so a little less. Um, but all the others are at 50,000. That's what it will cost you to do this. There is a caveat now. Now we're gonna see these horses run. If you want this horse, you have to claim before the race. Got it. So what's gonna happen is that owner or the owner that wants one of these horses, they're gonna hope that this horse, they, they project the horse the way it is, and yeah. then they go and win. Now, something else to keep in mind, the owner that has the horse right now and the horse gets claimed and it wins, the previous owner still does get the purse. Um, and another thing, and this might sound a little morbid, but no matter what happens to that horse, right? On that, in this race today, I, there, we, we got lucky yesterday, to my knowledge. Uh, no horses lost their lives. There were no um, big injuries yesterday. Um, that was great for Del Mar. Uh, we'll get to that a little later. But in terms of Del Mar, um, it was a rather clean day yesterday. But if a horse does something, something happens to that horse, it's still that new owner. It's 50000 We need that money. Here right. is the horse. Um, so... You can look at a horse that, hey, is a favorite, and a lot of people, maybe three or four owners claim this horse and ends up laying an egg. Well, the first claim that went in, that's who gets it, and maybe three other owners feel uh, like they dodged a bullet. So that's the first. Um, but we do, we will see other claiming races at lower value. So, of course, what that's going to mean is those horses are at lower quality. So, of course, I think later we have a $20,000 claiming horse. Um, and then I think the lowest level, at least at Del Mar, is a 12.5, which is 12,500, claiming that's how much it's going to cost the highest. So uh, 12,500 for a horse racehorse is incredibly, incredibly cheap. Now 12,500 is not cheap, but for a racehorse, it is cheap. So that's something to look at on the outset. These horses at claiming 50,000, these owners are weary. They would like to maybe think they could get 50,000 for them. And if they do, okay. But more than likely at 50,000 with, with what we're seeing here, um, I will, and we'll find out later, this isn't something I'm going to let you know if the horses were claimed. It's in the, in the heat of the battle and me trying to make money. It's a lot to keep track of. But these owners are putting- yeah, these on, the, on the podcast, we can put it in the episode notes later. Yes, definitely. We'll look it up later. Um, and these owners at 50,000 at a claiming, they're kind of think of this as a, a team 
that's about 50-50 on a player, on a young player. They're, they're trying to figure out what they can get out of this. Um, these are going to be horses that are three years old. That is an equivalent of a college player. So two-year-olds is um, the, the, the high school. Those are the ones that if you can win as a two-year-old, watch out. We might be looking at a Kentucky Derby horse. If you can win consistently at three years old, this is their, their, their college, maybe 24, 25, their, their prime. You can see good horses at four and five, um, but mainly two and three, that's when they're at their best. So as we once again bring back to the two, uh, the second race, I go with the form, uh, the racing form, and I'm going to share my screen right now and just kind of give you, uh, uh, we'll go deeper into this uh, a little later in the, in the podcast. And if you are listening to this on the podcast, this is onus for you to go to the YouTube and watch this video um, and see what's going on. But at this point, this is of course- We'll, we'll describe things as much as possible. Definitely. So we'll, but uh, definitely come back and, and check it out later. Yeah, and uh, it's an educational podcast. So uh, first report is gonna be educating as much as possible and describing the information as much as possible. His, uh, first report is a good writer. He does a lot of uh, descriptions. And Raider Jim's a good uh, writer too. That was a great uh, poetry, right? And great uh, imagery that he provided on the last podcast on Tuesday. I encourage everybody to listen to it. It's actually our number one rated podcast on Podbean. Nice. Podcast. Yes. So it looks like my, uh, oh yeah, perfect. Okay, so we got the the the, the sheet here. Um, you're looking, oh my goodness, hold on one second. Yeah, and all the horse racing people on Podbean, uh, reach out to us and let us know what you would like. We have a lot of access, you know, to the Bob Baffords and the Doug O'Neills that all live in Southern California uh, and all the people back east listening to the horse racing podcast. Shoot us any questions you want, and we'll get answers for you, and we'll get you the information you want. Because we're very encouraged by you listening. We appreciate you listening on Podbean. And, and having so many downloads like that uh, really is very, very interesting. So we'd like to, as much feedback as possible so we can give you what you want as horse racing fans or exactly. people learning how to bet. So as, as we go to the two, I'm going to, I'm going to explain the format going into the next race. Cause I personally have to put my bet in, but just looking at things and, and where the money is going, a lot of money is going to the two horse. And that makes me feel good because personally, I don't really like the way this horse lines up. Um, and the last time it was, it was badly beaten on the Del Mar turf. It has overall good speed numbers, but when it was in the, uh, at the turf, Really, the only reason it was competitive was because it was um, such a long race. This is not a long race. So the, a lot of money is going to the two. And I think the reason is, is because that race was a stakes race. And people kind of fall in love with a horse that's at this class or at this level that was at a stakes race, you know, in the last year or two. And right. uh, they, were, they were somewhat competitive. So that's interesting. But um, like I said, I, I'm going back to the eight and the nine. The eight is Handsome Cat. Really interesting uh, to see the workouts. Haven't been amazing, but they've been consistent. And uh, with, with Handsome Cat, it's 
lots to talk about in terms of how this this cat uh, this cat this horse runs and this speed index because it's very similar in terms of early and late and in a in a sprint race you need a horse that's going to be a a, a quick a quick out the gates but comfortable in terms of being okay being behind some horses need to lead and that's a detriment to the horse because the pace is set by that horse well if the horse can run the, their race early on at the number two spot and and nestle in nicely and they feel comfortable that's key we'll see if that's a handsome cat i think it will be projected line going off will be five to one and then the nine horse kate victorium that's projected line at six to one it's been very good this year in four races it has uh it's a 75 percent in the money so it's been a win win place and show um, once each time in those four races i do think there's value here in my notes that i put in i said anything less than three to one don't touch currently it's 12 to one it's probably going to come down uh to six to one but still good value so i'm going to lock it in right now it is going to be the eight and the nine i'm going to go um i like the nine horse more so i'm going to go across the board on the nine horse I'm going to throw a place, or I'm sorry, a show bet on the eight horse. And I'm going to do a $2 Quinella on both these horses. If both these horses come in um, and, and the, uh, the lower odds come in first, we're going to have a nice little payout and uh, that'll, that'll be nice. So I'm going to throw that in right now and uh, throw to put that in. And after that, we will get ready for race number three. That... Let me pull up my notes. There we go. All right. That's going to be seven furlongs on the dirt. Um, when we talk about length of tracks, um, mainly you're going to see five furlongs as the sprint, six furlongs, maybe a little more. Seven furlongs is pretty much the standard. What seven furlongs is, is um, or, and then one mile is eight furlongs. So, of course, the, the, the wonderful uh, um, what metric system or lack of metric system we have here, uh, the furlongs are where we're at. So seven furlongs is a pretty standard race. They're only doing one turn. If you are familiar with the Del Mar track, they will jump, uh, get let out at the pretty much all the way at the barn area, um, go all the way down the back stretch, make that left turn, and then uh, head for home in what's going to be a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty interesting race. Like I said, especially the way um, the money is going currently right now, as unfortunately my bookie online has fallen apart on me. I think I'm winning too much money <laughs> out on uh, there. So let me re-log in here. Josh, if you want to just pop in for a couple minutes while I get my bed in just to cover me. Yeah, so very interesting you always have to have uh, backup. Like in any business, you have to have backup and always have at least, especially online, have three online bookies set up. Uh, we're gonna make sure all the links are working on the website. We got links to my bookie, Bobata, and we're looking for a third one. I think Intertops could be the third one. Uh, where you can have a link, you sign up for all of them, mention you signed up through us, 
And if you're winning too much money, right? And it's something that Greg Wolf, you know, gets into about regulation. But before everything gets regulated, or the industry kind of polices itself, and we have U.S.-based online betting in every state, we have them in 22 states. And by 2024, all 50 states will have them. California is going to start in 2021. Uh, it's going to be legal. And this won't happen at first. You'll be dialing straight with Del Mar. Start having a relay team, right? But especially if you listen to the podcast, especially if you go to the website, ecosystemsbusinessconcierge.com, read the 10 rules of betting. If you follow that, you're going to end up making a lot of money, right? So uh, in horse racing, the favorite wins around 20% of the time. So if you just bet favorites, right, in horse racing, you're going to get the same odds as playing craps or any, like, table game in Vegas, right? Uh, with our system, 52.5% is break-even betting on sports, but we hit 70 to 80% of our games. So you win the gap between 525 and 80% consistently, right? So what's the result of that? The result of that is that my bookies, uh, a logarithm, Bavara, uh, sportsbook.com or Intertops, they're like, this guy's winning too much. These people are winning too much. Let's delay their bet. Let's, let's take this, cool them off a little bit, right? Uh, because they're a business one. And, you know, they're not like the Federal Reserve Bank where they can just print $2 trillion and send it to the economy. They have a limit of what they have. So we respect that. You know, we understand that, uh, you know, certain casinos, I was at the NCAA tournament and we were winning 90%. And uh, we did a good job. We, we, we tipped the waitresses. We, twit, we tipped the cashiers, right? And I remember the uh, the sportsbook boss came to us, shook our hands, talked to us, da da da. It was very very nice at the win. We tipped him, so we didn't have a problem. And when he left, I remember my boy Victor from uh, Arizona. He was like, "Man, if we didn't tip these people, they would have kicked us out." And it's true, right? And we upgraded our rooms. <laughs> you got you can't be a hundred percent stingy. So that's why, even though you're making that money. Even though my wife has just bought gasoline, $28,800 since 2011, pure gasoline on betting money. You have to have fun. You have to enjoy yourself. You have to watch the games. <laughs> Those that are sitting there looking at charts, watching numbers, trying to pick winners that way, and then go to your basement and start slamming tequila and then you come back out to see whether you won or not. No, watch the game, man. Have fun. Text your friends, your buddies, right? Uh, spend time with your family. If you're like that, you don't like watching the games, go sit down with your wife and watch a Lifetime movie, watch a Disney movie, watch Hamilton with your kids. It's educational, right? And then come back and you got your money, transfer it to Bitcoin, right? And that's the other strategy. Uh, I hate to say it, but it's true. My percentage is really 
around close to 100, 120% because what? I take betting money, right? And I put it in Bitcoin when Bitcoin's down. Buy low, sell high. So take, you're not, you're not married to any sports book or whatever. So take the money out of the sports book when you know Bitcoin's down, put it in there, Bitcoin's back up, right? And when Bitcoin comes back up, that takes care of your losses, right? And then you go and you lobby your local politicians not to tax, to allow you to take gambling losses, right? To take gambling losses from, um, take gambling losses from your income. Bam, you're at 150%, not just 80%, right? And Brandon first is back, back up. I'm back. Uh, the bet is in. Um, like you said, you got to have your backups and, and, and got it done. Uh, plenty of time. I do want to add one more um, bet to what I wanted to add. Throw a $2 show bet. Uh, and I'll get into that. I think most people understand that. But the $2 show bet on the, uh, oh, I threw my thing away, Seven Horse uh, Restoring Dream. And I'll tell you why. It's uh, the jockey. Uh, Rispoli was on fire yesterday. Won me, I think, all three of his wins, I believe, I picked or I, I took. And a big reason why was Raider Jim before, I mean, probably two two hours before opening day even began. He, he said the first jockey, he said, hey, Rispoli is on fire. Kept it up. Um, so, you know, at 14 to 1 was the last time I saw it. If that comes in, it's now up to 15 to 1. If that comes in at third place, that will cover our um, uh, it'll get close to covering our $24 bet. And the only thing I will say on, um, the, with the, with the gambling and the percentages, it, it is different in horse racing because now in, in the NFL and, and, and betting on uh, basketball games and stuff like that, there's a winner and a loser and you, you either bet on, and there's different ways to bet. You can bet live or this or that, but in, in horse racing, the, the, the possibilities are endless. I mean, you, you can literally pick a horse and just hope it finishes third and make good money off of that. Um, so, so it's not necessarily the winners you get, but it's the quality. And a lot of what it is, is it's, it's the return on investment and it's staying all in the positives. Uh, my dad used to say, you know, you go with a set amount of money. You don't take money out of the track and, or when you're betting online, you have a set amount of money. Personally, I give myself a hundred dollars a day. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I, I give myself a hundred dollars a day and playing all weekend. I get to a point where I lose a hundred dollars. My day's done. I don't care if it's the first, second, third race. Now that doesn't happen because we follow the rules of betting in terms of you don't bet 25% on the horse uh, of your bankroll. Right. But That's when we do, when money we do, management, money management. Exactly. And so today after going up $30 yesterday, I had two thirty in the bank. Um, but that doesn't, that's for, we got eight, we got eight months of this folks, or I'm sorry, eight, eight weeks of this. Um, so it, it's, it's the long game and we're feeling good. To be honest, yesterday was a up and down day and it only takes one or two. I was in the negatives until the last race and an 18 to one shot came in, came in second. I had him across the board that got me in the positives and, and it makes you feel good. And in this race, going back to the restoring dream, if you hit that um, coming in third, that's gonna that's gonna pay for pay for some stuff. It's gonna make you feel good and it's gonna give you um, give you some confidence that you can't always 
just, oh, it's the same jockey. It's the same jockey. You know, there were 10 races yesterday. I'm pretty sure Raspoli was in at least eight of them. So we lost five of them. So can't always expect the jockeys to do it. But those are things at those odds and the value and the jockeys there, we should take it. And now um, as they get ready to uh, hit off on, on the second race, it's always very important when you are betting the races or online, however you do it, your, your time management is key because a lot of things happen very quickly and it's best to wait until as late as you feel comfortable with the lines or your internet provider, whatever, because unlike football or unlike sports, your odds are not locked in. Um, you could you could put it in morning line. Hey, it's twelve to one. Well, guess what? Everybody and their mother put some money on that at the track or online today. It's two to one, and you went from thinking you had a favorite to now you have to. Uh, I'm sorry, going from you having a long shot to now you have a favorite. So that's why holding um, your your uh, your money or waiting until a possibility late. Now there are going to be times like in this race. I really I have a good feeling about these two horses. If they both come in, it's going to pay really well. I don't know if they're both going to come in. It's a $2 Quinella. Let's, let's have some fun. Um, but this is a race where vulnerable favorites. We talk about double-digit dogs in the division. That's where we can make profits. How I enjoy making profits and I make my most profits are vulnerable favorites. I would much rather lose three times, three out of four times with an eight-to-one shot and win once, then win four out of five times with a two-to-one favorite. I'm going to win more money on that eight-to-one shot when I hit it than I will when I – and it's great. Oh, I could say I have all kinds of winners, but you, you two-to-one doesn't pay. And, and the odds are so different in horse racing as opposed to sports betting. Obviously, two-to-one in sports betting is amazing. That's great odds. Two-to-one here is favorite and you 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 probably uh don't want to go there so the odds are very very important and the time management that's why before i got off on my tangent is moving on to the next race okay the race is done your tickets in go you can watch the race two minutes that's fine that's cool as i watch it right now Ooh, that's seven horse that I told you to put $2 on, edged out second place. So uh, eight, nine didn't hit, but that long shot I told you to hit did come in second. Don't know if it's gonna cover it, but we are gonna get some money coming our way. It was only a $2 bet. So uh, probably get about 10, $12, but we move on. Uh, we're gonna hit one of these and it's gonna be a long shot. And we're gonna, just like that right there, have a little more confidence in the long shot. And right there, Rispoli, the jockey. Hey, he carried it over to yesterday. He had a he had a great run on that one, but the horse got ran down at the end. The jockey can only do so much. Second place for a fourteen or fifteen to one shot, whatever he came off that. The owner trainer, they're going to be happy with that ride. But now we move on. It's over. It's done with. Uh, we don't have a whole week or 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 two days to get ready for our next bet. We we got thirty minutes. Let's get ready to handicap the third race. And on this one, I will see if I can pull my share this screen for everybody. The form is up. 
All right. So race two. Let's go to race three. All right. Let this bad boy load once my wonderful internet. All right. So as we look at this, a lot of craziness, I know, right? A lot of numbers. But the first thing we're going to look at, <clears throat> excuse me, is this. What type of race it is. It's going to be seven furlongs, as I talked about. Um, as I, uh, we, they start pretty much at the top of that <clears throat> stretch all the way, come down that back stretch, make that left-hand turn, go into the front stretch. When we move to three-year-olds and up. That's where you see the three and then the arrow up. And then MD 20,000, okay? MD means maiden. Maiden in terms of never won. Never won a race yet. Um, you're going to see some pretty bad horses in this. Uh, 20,000, I believe, is the lowest maiden that Del Mar runs. They might win a 12.5 as well. Um, and as I said before, look at that purse. That purse is only $17,000. Don't get me wrong. $17,000 is a lot of money. $17,000 in horse racing is peanuts, folks. But guess what? Look at this right here. In my notes, what did I put? Low quality field here but the money is still green. That is something we talk about a lot on this podcast, just because they're bad teams or bad horses, we can still make money off of them. We're gonna start right here with Vertical Chewy. Oh, there we go, back to normal. Okay, Starship Chewy. Um, as we look at, we read this column right here, lifetime 24 starts, folks. You see that first column is the starts. The M signifies maiden in terms of lifetime, still a maiden. In 23 run, or 24 career runs, only been in the money three times. That's how you're going to read those numbers. So this is win. If you can see that first column right there is win, place, second place, and show. So 24 career lifetime starts for a five-year-old. Only been in the money three times. Uh, just not a good race, racehorse. And now we'll look at the past times out. Um, we see over here a lot of abbreviations. It takes time, but you get them eventually. So 14th of June, uh, 2020, ran the eighth race at Santa Anita, right up the road here in Southern California. Ran six and a half furlongs, which is a half furlong shorter than what we had or what we're going to have in this race. As we look at how it ran, a big number right here, I can't highlight it, oh, there we go, is that is the race form number, uh, zero to 100. Okay, it ran a 37, not good folks. Now we look at what type of race it was. It was a maiden 20,000, as we talked about, maiden, hasn't won yet, 20,000, lowest level. Look at this. All of these 2000s, all of these races, this horse has been in the 2000, maiden 2000s. The highest they've finished, as we see, 7th, 10th, 4th, 3rd. It finished 3rd in that race, but still, it's it just not a good horse, race horse. As we look at what's happened lately, this... Uh, since, uh, let's see, excuse me, since May, this horse finished ninth and 10th. The 10th place, they were 14 lengths off the lead. 
And when they finished in ninth, uh, ninth place, they were 20 uh, lengths off the lead. Not a good racehorse, folks. So the reason I show you that, look, as we see the projected line from the the form, that's going to come off at 44 to 1. That is the reason why the odds are there. Big reason of hand, A big part of handicapping is understanding why the odds are where they are. If you know why the odds are the way they are, you, you have an advantage. So we look at 44 to one and the, the so people at the track or, and maybe not so much people gambling online, but it'll happen uh, on big days um, on Saturdays when it's kind of more of a social event. People will put money on a 44 to one horse thinking, oh, well, anything can happen. They've had 24 chances to make it happen. It hasn't, <laughs> okay? That is not anything to happen. So let's look at other horses now. Dekine, who is probably going to be the favorite. Six career, uh, it's a four-year-old, as we see right here. Four-year-old. Six career starts, finished third once. Why is it two to one? Well, we look at the class it's been racing in. The maiden special weight is the higher grade of maiden. So you have the maiden and then the number um, of uh, uh, either uh, 20,000 or 40,000. And then you have maiden special weight, which is kind of uh, up from there. I believe maiden special weight 50,000 is the lowest. So maiden special weight, it's where it debuted at 52,000. It ran well. Its second race at Del Mar last year it finished third. Now let's indulge in what this form has to offer and let's watch this race. One that nation go again. They're all out. Let me pause it real quick because we need to see the number of the horse we're looking at. Okay, we're looking at the five horse. And one thing I know that the, the favorite only wins 20% of the time. Exactly, and if you're, and that, that only pays about 20% of what you want it to pay as well. So, right. so here we go. We're gonna be looking at the five horse. Um, it'll be a little bit easier. It'll be uh, uh, the green color. So here we go. Six furlongs, one furlong shorter than um, where we're at uh, today. So there's the five. Nice, nice start. And the jockey, if you look at the posture of the jockey, you can tell he's not pulling too much. This jockey right here is pulling more. Um, you obviously want to pace your horse. Sometimes when you pull on your horse too much early on, they don't understand that you're pacing the horse. Sometimes in workouts, his job is to put them as the five horses still right here on the rail. Okay, this is a this is a class. Remember, that is much much higher than what we're racing in today, folks. Think uh, maybe going to D two, and this was um, playing Mac football, if we want to put uh, analogy to it. Very good run on the rail. I believe this horse finishes third, so it's got some push late. There you go. I mean, it's, it doesn't necessarily gain, but it also doesn't die. And I'm sorry, or fade. I don't mean to sound morbid. I don't want to insult anybody when we're talking about live animals, but it does run down a horse. It does get picked up late, but this is a horse 
that now was last year. I, I understand why the odds where they are, but when the odds are going to come off at six to five folks, and let me just make sure where we are for post time. So I don't miss anything because the number one thing of the podcast is to make money personally. So as much as I love our listeners, I have to make sure I get my bed in before I do anything crazy. Gotta take care of yourself first. Exactly. I'm going to stop sharing the screen so no one sees how slow my internet is. But that was a nice little, um, and hopefully, like I said, I tried to explain it as best as possible to everyone only listening on the podcast. But please do go back on the YouTube and watch that part. Um, it, it, it shows you how jockeys are dealing with these horses. And as I look at Dekine, it's going it, to, it, right now it's two to one. Not ideal. It's a, it's a two, $2 on a, or $4 on a $2 bet. That's good. Okay. It'll make you feel a little nice, but it's not going to pay the bills. It's not going to really get it done. And let me just look at my notes and see what other horse I really like. And we're going to look at Trojan Magic. And I promise you, it's not because I'm a USC fan. Uh, the reason I like this horse is uh, the speed index shows that and we talk about the speed index is the number that is given. I, actually, I believe it's on a 120 scale. I don't think it's on a 100 scale. I believe it's on a 120. Anything over 100 is very, very, uh, very good. Early, they're 98 and late 71. Those are pretty good numbers. Normally, you'll see a horse um, with, a, with a low or either early or late, but a very good opposite either way. And in a six or a seven furlong race, you want to be even. This is this is pretty much the standard bearer of what horse racing is right now. Is the seven furlong race? Most horses um, are hoping to um, succeed at this. Now the odds here aren't amazing. I am a little concerned that it's been two weeks since we've seen um, a workout, which is a little odd. Um, actually, now that I look at it, it's been almost three weeks, and that was at Santa Anita. It was good, and what, obviously what the workouts are, or the morning, very early in the morning, usually about 4.30, 5 in the morning, the horses are out, not, not labeled or anything. They're told the numbers to uh, the form. It's a very secretive process, almost think Freemasons of, of horse racing when it comes <laughs> to morning workouts. That's what the morning workout is. It's Everyone talks in hushed manners, um, and it's a, and that's a big thing. We talked about the claiming rate. A lot of what needs to be done is looking at other horses in the claim or in the workouts. Well, if you if you put your horse in a claiming and you're fifty fifty on it, you don't really want to lose it. You're not advertising that hey, this is the seven horse running later today or in four days. Right. You're not advertising what that horse is. So there's a lot of secrecy when it comes to the morning workouts. And uh, that's actually one thing that I can, uh, throw in a plug. Tuesday will be an amazing podcast with myself and Raider Jim because Raider Jim brings so much to the table. He's actually um, who I kind of follow when it comes to uh, handicapping and and like I said, yeah, thing he put out, it was hitting, and I mean from immediate saying, hey, hot jockey, hey, let's go with um, uh, Respiro, boom, just hit already for us today. 
So as we look at the third, what I liked, I liked the two and the five. Dekine, obviously, is, uh, and Trojan Magic, these are the favorites. Not a ton of money value-wise, but when you hit, have seven racers, uh, seven runners, I could do a $2 Quinella here, feel okay about that, um, but I'm going to need to find some value. I need to find someone that is more than, you know, a favorite at this point. We already talked about Starship here. I'm actually going to go back to sharing my screen. Oops. Sorry, Josh usually takes care of the sharing of screens, so I'm a rookie. There we are. Perfect. Okay. So we go, we'll look at Prince Ricky here for a minute. 23 to 1 is the projected line. Currently, it's 14 to 1. Reason why the distortion so much is because there's not an on-track handle. Um, there aren't money literally going in by the second in a singular area um, when you have the track. Uh, Josh, am I showing my screen? Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's good. Um, so at the track, you know, the, the person's putting it in and it's going straight to the handle right away. With, with this situation, you've got 50, 60 different sports books all reporting at a slightly slower pace. So that's why the um, odds are a little skewed. But the value I'm going to find right here is the four horse. It's convex. The notes I have on it is, it's um, look, it's only started twice. It started once at Del Mar. Um, but I think the class dropped, and we talked about class drop, remember. Last race this horse was at a maiden special weight, 52,000. Okay, that's pretty much two classes or three classes he's dropping to where he is now. There are other horses that are dropping the same amount as Convex, but at seven to one currently, projected five to one, there's value there. And it's it, like I said, it's his first start six October. So it's been a nine month layoff. We do deal with rustiness. Look, these are athletes. These are, and highly tuned athletes for that matter too, by the way. Um, a, a lot of these horses um, cost more than a, a, a fringe NFL player. Let's just throw that out there. Some of these horses are treated a lot better. Actually, a lot of these horses are treated a lot better uh, and eat a lot better than a lot of us. <clears throat> but that's for another story. So this horse, as I talked about, or this, excuse me, <clears throat> this race is low quality field but the money is still green so let's lock it in we are gonna go let's put two dollars or um actually you know what let's feel let's get crazy let's do a two dollar quinella with the five uh the two and the five which are at the moment yeah, going to be the two favorites. That's okay. But how we're going to try and find value, we're going to go with the five horse, Convex. $5 in the place and show. I don't think this can win this place. I think this horse can Card. I, I think I'm going to play money late. So this is going to be kind of a soft play for me. 
Um, let's open that up to $10 place and show on the five horse. So this will end up being a $22 bet. We'll do a, uh, a $2 Quinella with the two five, and we'll do a $10 place show bet on the, what horse did I say? The four horse. So as we'll lock that in, I'm gonna not share my screen and pop that in and ask Mr. Josh to come off the bench and uh, give me a two minute spell real yeah, quick. Yeah, we have breaking news. Oh, perfect. Got a text from uh, Raider Jim. Oh, hold all bets, hold all tickets. Hold <laughs> no, all he, tickets. Uh, he, he's busy doing taxes. No worries. But he hit the daily double. He took a break in the first race in Del Mar. He hit the, I believe, if I'm reading it right, I'm going to send the picture to you once I get it uh, squared away here on the computer. But he, I believe he hit uh, race one, he hit the four, and race two, he hit the 12. Beautiful. That's that's great. It's back-to-back -back days for the daily double for Raider Jim because I hit it yesterday <laughs> by him, uh, by his recommendation. Uh, so I'm sure he put it in. Oh, so that's back -back back -back back -back daily, double. daily double. This guy knows what he's doing. You know, and the thing was, uh, not that you have to watch out for him. I hate, I hate that phrase. But guys like Raider Jim, who are so soft-spoken, well-spoken, man, those guys are the ones that really know what they're doing. And he told me stories, and I love hearing those stories from back in the day. Um, I hear them from my father-in-law from Queens when he used to go to whatever, Belmar, Saratoga, about paying, you know, houses and stuff and rent and stuff with kids with horse racing. <laughs> and uh, Raider Jim's got those stories, man. And, man, he is legit bringing the heat. Uh, daily double, the kid in daily double. Uh, the first two days at Del Mar, and uh, man, he, he's one of those you call him Hemingway guys, because uh, it was during that time period, a little bit before uh, Theodore Roosevelt, right? Walk softly, talk softly, and carry a big stick. And that's Raider Jim right there, man. He talks softly, but when it comes to horse racing, uh, he's on point, man. He really is. And like I said, he helped me out so much yesterday. Um, and I implore everyone to uh, be, be here on Tuesday or, or listen to it uh, when it drops after Tuesday. It's going to make you a lot of money. Raider Jim is, I mean, he's, he, he's an encyclopedia of everything. He's very, he's one of those guys that he could sit here and he could say, hey, you know, the sky's green. And I'll go, you know what? I'll, let me hear, I'll hear you out. There aren't too many people I would hear out in terms of, oh, the sky's green. Raider Jim is definitely one of them. I'll, I'll hear him out on it. He's he's a, uh, a swami of sorts, if you will. Um, and like I said, he made us money. And that's, they say the quickest way to a man's heart or, a, you know, is through his stomach or this or that. The quickest way to Brandon's heart is to make me money. Exactly. That's what I want. You know, we started the podcast. The reason was it because we were not getting what we wanted from the Stephen A. Smiths, the uh, Shannon Sharps, the uh, Clay Travis's, Colin Coward, all those guys. You got to ask yourself, especially in a pandemic, especially in a recession, when you're watching them, are you making any money? Right. Are you making any money? 
And this time that you're spending away from your family, away from your kids, watching a game, are you optimizing that time, right? Are you getting the best bang for your buck? If you had a system where you uh, consistently turned a profit on it and had fun doing it, had fun... <laughs> Have fun um, engaging, all right? Uh, have fun learning about economics to teach your kids uh, as they move forward. Because the thing about economics and finance is it goes along with you never stop learning in life because life never stops teaching in finance and economics. It's about disruption. It's about education. It's about uh, evolving, right? Being able, if you're going down the wrong direction, especially if you have kids, learning how to pivot, turn around, change, right? So everybody wins. And that's what we provide on this podcast. And that's what we provide because every single podcast is an educational podcast. Because we're sharing information with each other. And we're sharing information with you. Uh, even though uh, when I came into the podcast last year, I had 11 years consecutive winning percentage, winning money. However, I left my ego at the door. And I was rewarded. I probably would have lost last money last year if I didn't listen to Brandon first. If I didn't listen to Raider Jim when he was talking about Miami. I literally, I bet Miami blindly because Raider Jim said to bet Miami and it made sense what he was saying. And I blindly bet Miami and I won seven games in a row betting the Miami Dolphins to get me profit. And then you have guys like Tim in Seattle, Tom in San Diego, golf pro, who's sitting there on Twitter direct messaging me uh, good angles on bets and how to win money in sports bank because you know what? It's collaboration. We don't have all the answers. We don't see. We don't lie and gaslight people trying to say that we have a monopoly on the truth, right? Uh, in my opinion, and, and if I'm wrong, tell me. But there's nobody who has a monopoly on the truth, and my truth might be different than your truth. And one one tenant of the podcast, I do agree with Andrew Cuomo on this: that you can have your own opinion, but you can't. Uh, have your own facts, right? So when Clay Travis gets an opinion, he's already gotten paid. Stephen A. Smith gives you an opinion, he's already gotten paid, all right? Colin Coward, same thing. Us, if the facts aren't that we're hitting 7 or 80% of our picks, we're not getting paid. And then you got the ripple effect. Right? Uh, a game that you want to watch is coming on. Your girl's going to say, no, nah, man. There's no money on that Bitcoin card. <laughs> the least you can do with me is sit down and watch this Lifetime movie, man. You're going to have to let that game go. You're going to have to do it on DVR. And it's going to be messed up because one of your friends is going to text you about the game before the movie's over. Right? So, th th there is immediate and long-term consequences if you don't have a system.
being able to monetize your entertainment at the same time. So we're at the point in evolution where watching sports has evolved into you becoming a profit center. If you have kids and you're sitting there making sports a profit center, that's what they're going to learn how to do. They're going to learn how to make profit, how to belong in capitalism, right? And really, you learn a lot of business if you're paying attention from the NFL. The NFL is a business that produces $8 billion in revenue. Same thing with Major League Baseball. Same thing with horse racing, right? So you're making the highest and best use of your time. But my wife's a psychotherapist. She talks about self-care, right? You have to have self-care. You cannot be a workaholic, right? I've never seen somebody, if somebody's seen this online, you can tell me in the chat, somebody listens to the podcast and has seen this happen, go ahead and contact me because I want to know. But in my whole life, you can tell me, Brandon, first, have you seen a, a, uh, a funeral procession with a Brinks truck full of money and they're going to go bury the money with the person? I have not. I don't think that's. Uh, I I have seen some pretty lavish. Um, uh, I can't. I feel like there was like in New Orleans or something. Somebody, someone got because don't they have like the, they called mausoleums because they can't bury them underground. They have to be above. Um, so they have kind of like the shrineish aspect. And there yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, I've been there in New Orleans, and uh, yeah, they have the. Yeah, because they're like the above you're in New Orleans, you're 20 feet below uh, the actual levees mm -hmm. of the river, of the Mississippi River. So it's kind of actually kind of scary. So I've seen guys common. have like literally like clear of those. And like, I don't know if they're, like they're like, I've seen some weird things, but I've never seen the. Yeah. Um, that, that would be a new one. That would be, uh, that'd be that, that's going to be you, right? Right, so it's the old adage, right? Death of a salesman type stuff that uh, nobody's on their dying bed saying, oh, I wish I could have spent more time at the office, right? But you're in a pandemic. You want to keep up with the Joneses, right? Uh, you have to be able to monetize the games monetize horse racing. The other thing is one way to, to, to stay off uh, stave off dementia is to keep your mind engaged. And I encourage everybody to listen to the Tim Conway Jr. podcast that we had. We talked about learning. Uh, he learned math for the most part, at the racetrack with his dad. It was a great place where he bonded to his dad all the way until the end. Uh, that's, that's something very, very, very important to do. So keeping your mind engaged, keeping your mind learning business through horse racing and other sports, it does wonders. And my wife, again, is a psychotherapist, and you just learn a lot, right, how the brain works and strategies as we evolve.
and we keep evolving and we keep learning and we keep getting better, you can do this through sports. You can do it through horse racing. You can do it through listening to our podcast. I have a master's degree in business administration. I have a master's of business science, right? We call Brandon first the doctor. He has a PhD in the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a very smart man. You, you know how somebody is smart, and I was saying on a podcast last night, if they're cynical contrarian, like the great honorable Ruth Gator Ginsburg, Supreme Court justice, right? And she's a very, very cynical contrarian, and she'll go down in history, right? She will go down in history as one of the most intelligent Supreme Court justices because she had the courage to stand, curtains and intelligence to be a cynical contrary, right? On a high level. Now you're saying, all right, great, man. You sound good. I agree with a lot of it, but what are the results, right? And the results is uh, 46 and five ending, uh, something like that. I don't even know what it was, but it was a lot to five. <laughs> or it was whatever. And we made so much money. Uh, Brandon first said he, it was scary how much money <laughs> he was making. He felt he might get a doctor door. <laughs> right, As ladies and gentlemen. You want one? There it is. Woo! We break the duck today, folks. Uh, that four horse that I told you about that you got to keep your eye on. We find that value. I should have gone all the way. That's okay. No, you, and you're right. You're not. You don't have a crystal ball. You're not an Astrodamus. Come on, you're a smart guy. But there, we're in the positives now. So so yeah. how quickly, just like that. Now, if you look at a record, now we've only picked one winner, but guess what? That one winner is going or that is going to get us into the positives. So that's great. I'll be honest. I was uh, just using the facilities and going, Brandon, just get through this race because <laughs> the, the first three races were really hard to handicap. I'm not trying to make excuses, but when when you're talking about horses that like I said, that first horse ran 24 times in its life. Like, at what point do you just decide, hey, maybe, maybe that, maybe someone's niece would like this horse? Right. Like, it's not a horse race, uh, and, or a race horse, I should say. I'm sorry. And that doesn't dis, dis, uh, dis mean the, it's a beautiful animal. I get that, but it's not supposed to be here. Okay. And right. it's hard in those situations when you have, I, I call them landmines. Because who knows? What if the favorite gets stuck behind that big butt, and and the favorite can never recover? And in those land, so I don't know how it happened. I know the four pretty much uh, at this. I think three or four furlong mark took the lead and and ran away from everybody. Very very impressive uh, for a twenty thousand dollar maiden that. I will not be surprised if we see them or that race at, I, I, I could see them at maybe jump back up again. Was where it was before. I mean, it, it was okay at this maiden special weight 56. So now you could see maybe an allowance race, but a win is a win and we move on. And Josh, I'm actually just sending you the bets you can add in the. Um, you got it. You got it. And, uh... We'll make this into a live spreadsheet. Yes. Figuring out how to do it. And if you are with us on the live stream, thank you so much. Uh, it's 
very uh very I, it's a lot it's a great look behind the scenes and everything that's going on um and it's a great, great. For, we're for making people, money uh, just right. like that yeah for people like me who don't go to the track often and just learning this is a wealth of information and and it's a lot of fun see what it, it, i love horse racing it's where actually my beginning of gambling uh you know i'm sure my late father well, you don't gamble it. anymore you bet that thank you yes i gotta work on that but you know my late father would hate when i'd tell everybody oh yeah i used to you know six or seven years old my we'd go to the track and my dad <laughs> would have twenty dollars set aside for me and i you know we'd try and pick every and it and it was similar to what tim conway i think you were alluding right. to it earlier is it that's where i learned maybe not where I learned math, but it was my favorite place to implement math. And um, I've never been a math fan, but when you put baseball numbers in front of me and you put horse racing splits and numbers in front of me, I will eat those up. And when we talk about everything that happens at the track and when you're at the track, it's such a different experience, especially Del Mar. Uh, if you ever get a chance, I'm sure most of the people listening have been there, but if you haven't, you have to do it. It is a, you don't even have to bet folks, just sit in the paddock and people watch and just look at it. It's a beautiful place. Um, and for me personally, the one thing I am missing out on this uh, when I have to watch over or what I have to bet online is not being able to go to the paddock. I'm a big eye test kind of guy. I would normally... That those people who just won are jumping up and down, jumping up and down. By the time they're halfway done celebrating, I'm halfway to the paddock trying to get to that spot so I can see these horses. And I'm out of there 10 minutes before they load them up because it's all, when you go to the track, it's all about time management in terms of, can you get to the, can you get into the line? Are you going to be able to get that pick? Cause those tellers, they don't fuck around. They get the call that, nope, it's off. They put that up and they stare at you and laugh at you. They don't care. Um, so there's a lot of time management. So you got to tip them out when you win. Tip them out. And uh, first reports a waiter, uh, not a waiter, but he's a bartender. And he understands that as well. Right? Uh, it's a 20-80 rule. You know, 20% of people are cool and know what's going on. 80% don't. Right? Common sense isn't too common. But you tip your bartender just a little bit more. You tip the, the cashier. Especially... If you're a guy like me who has absolutely no idea what he's doing, you hit a race, you tip the cashier, and I guarantee it's happened, right? I go back, and I've had cashiers change the bet that I've put in to a better bet. And I win again, and they win again. And you, and you just made a friend, right? Exactly. And and when you know when you do that, when you when you – get to the paddock and you're good with your time management you put your bed in and it's immediately on to the next race so on on that note we move on to the fourth i don't know what the payout is on uh that last race that's that's done it's that's out of our control um we move on to things that we can control and that is the fourth race because we need to uh, continue to make money we build on this this is a race that i actually feel pretty confident about <clears throat> Uh, the the five horse is probably going to get some money um, to turn it into a uh, uh, a favorite, but I am a fan of the seven horse. I think the seven horse is going to end up being a long shot. 
this race is a $50,000 maiden. So what that means in terms of the class, it is um, a, a step up from what we saw last time. This is about, uh, see, I think the biggest, let's see, four, for only three-year-olds. So, oh, oh no, three-year-olds end upwards. So you will see some four and five-year-olds, especially the one horse who's, uh, it's, it's his 12th race looking for its first win. Nothing crazy there. Not as bad as the one horse in the last race. Um, I will say the 10 horse is something to keep an eye on. Um, it's all of you more. It's an interesting horse because three out of its seven races. Now, remember, all of these horses, they've yet to win. So you're not finding past winners in this race. But we look at all of you more, seven races, and three times it's been in the money. One second and two thirds. So that's, that's, that's some value there. Um, it will probably be, be a favorite. Um, Vizar is an interesting racehorse. I, this is probably going to be a $2 place or a $2 show bet for me. It was about as bad as you can be in a debut. Um, and normally that wouldn't be that big of a deal, but it is a four-year-old. But it's, excuse me, it drops in class and... I think it, uh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have some more maturity. The four-year-olds, like you said, four-year-olds are those 25, 26, 27-year-olds. They're a little more mature. If, they're, if the horse is able to change, then that's when they're going to do it. Um, but I, I really like the seven horse and the five horse. I am going hard on both of these. I'm going $5 um, across the board on both of these. And I'm going to do a $2 Quinella. I'm not going to put that in just yet. We still have 20 minutes till uh, the, 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 the post time. But it's nice when you do your own independent handicapping and then you have TVG on in the background or, or whatever, um, however you're watching these races with analysts who are getting paid a lot of money to do this and, and they come up with the same exact thing. It makes you one for like i said a horse that i i think is has to be considered not 12 to 1 i'll put it that way and as we look at the live odds like i said the odds are so tough to deal with because there's not a um an on-track handle right now it's all coming in from eight to ten different places and currently um yeah rowan goes to hollywood is the name of the seven horse it's currently eight to one the form projects it to finish at 12 to one that would be amazing um even a third place finish there gets us money um i might actually with that odds i might actually only put five dollars on the show just to cover ourselves, just in case another possible, uh, another thing that you have to look at in these maiden races are the sires and the dams. Pedigrees are huge in horse racing. Horses, racing, and the sire of uh, Rowan Goes to Hollywood is a bear or by one ball horse 
at least the one in most most recent memory um, that's been successful. It's it's a very um, a good horse. You know what? I might actually have. It is a Bob Baffert horse. I might have him mixed up with but I still very good horse. There's a lot of good pedigree on that horse and on the um. Ooh, where'd it go? Hey, take a peek at it. Right. Has a very good pedigree with Sire, uh, with Animal Kingdom as its sire. Animal Kingdom won over $8 million um, in its time. His offspring or, or, or the um, Animal Kingdom offspring haven't been amazing, but they have been good on the mile um, and the turf. So that's where we're at for this race. It is that, like I said, $50,000 maiden, I'm sorry, not 50,000, 50,000 maiden race four. We still have some time. Um, I, I really feel good. I am going to look at star of Africa because that right now, like I said, 32 to one live odds projected to come down to 14 to one. That's still value. If we can hit on those two horses, um, that I talked about that I was feeling really good about with the five and the seven. And if the two and the four, those are my $2, the two shows, the $2 shows that just, you never know. Uh, currently the four horse is 49 to one. And uh, it looks probably going to come back, but still 28 to one is what they expect. There are some signs here. Uh, it is, this is one of those I'm betting the odds because in a maiden, there are a lot of crazy things that can happen. None of these horses know what it's like to get in that winter circle. So who knows? So this, the maidens are, I think, one of the best chances to hit on long shots. When you do look at M Fast, this will be the third different jockey that it's had. And who knows? is the jockey and they find that right jockey they're also it back on the turf at a mile the last time the four horse i'm talking about and fast I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the two, Star of Africa, as my kind of uh, long shot two dollar show bet. I like the the pedigree and I like So that is something to keep an eye on. Um, there was one thing that I do, I wanted to get to in terms of the at this meet um, today specifically. Normally Keeneland, which is right there with Churchill Downs in Kentucky in terms of the most uh, prestigious racehorse or race courses in the United States, they 
usually run, um, I think it's a February to April. Obviously with COVID that was actually shut down. Um, that was in the early stages of everything when um, they weren't racing behind closed doors. They just shut everything down. Keeneland did something started on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday up until tomorrow they're going to have a little mini Keeneland all their stakes races that they were going to have and stakes races are the championship the Kentucky Derby is a grade one stakes race it is the cream of the crop every race card at Del Mar has a feature race sometimes they're stakes races um, and uh, the stakes race that you have throughout the season at Keeneland. All the stakes races have been put into this weekend and it all landed a lot on today. A lot of the stakes races landed today. I think there were four um, stakes races, two of them grade ones, which is borderline Breeders' Cup. It's almost Breeders' Cup level. So two of the top um, jockeys, that uh, normally are here at Del Mar. Let me pull up my notes. I should know them off the top of my head, but I don't want to mess it up. Uh, Mike Smith, who's been around forever, and uh, Flavian Pratt, who is uh, kind of maybe the new Mike Smith, if you will. Him and uh, uh, Drayden Van Dyke um, are really kind of the, the new, at least the ones that I've kind of uh, seen. It. And Joe Talamo, another one, Joe Talamo. He hasn't been at Del Mar uh, in these last two days like Keeneland so these first three days the jockey situation I wonder if next week when Keeneland's done all the Refresh your internet, and I can recap folks on our podcast lineup, so we can get that really good information you got. Definitely, so definitely. I'm gonna, asking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop out and come back in here in a couple minutes and reset okay, everything. You were giving uh, some great information on Flavian Pratt and Mike Smith, and uh, when you bet on football games, we went into it last night, and I thought it was very interesting that in picking. Um, the Big 12 or the Big 10 yesterday, a big part of being able to pick those games is that you bet the coaches. The coaches control the program. They control the practices. They recruit the players to fit their systems. Uh, and highly competitive. And they have philosophies. They feel that Certain games should go over. The certain 
game should be under the total. Some teams uh, are great at covering the spread but not winning. So uh, the same way you pick coaches when it comes to football, you know, it's the same way I'm learning right now that you pick horse races. You start picking jockeys. Uh, Raider Jim is cluing in on that. For me, it's been a theory, but now it's going to be more of a law that I put into practice where um, why not go with a hot hand? Why not go with a hot jockey? Right? You know, I remember uh, Philippe Pinkai. You know, a lot of money was won at Philippe Pinkai and uh, Schumacher. I used to run uh, Kent DeSormo. Kent DeSormo, I'd probably owe him 15, 15% uh, loyalty <laughs> check from all those times. That, uh, but for me personally, like I said, Joe Talamo is my guy. Uh, he's the guy for me uh, that he, he's kind of, he, he always has the same meat. He's going to be a top three jockey wherever he goes. Uh, and obviously not having him here for the first weekend is a little, a little tough. Um, but uh, what I was getting at um, was that, I, I don't know if you heard what I was saying about Keeneland in terms of them um, having kind of a weird one week meet where they have a bunch of stakes races. Uh, that's the reason why he isn't here. And one more is um, Victor Espinosa, really one of the top jockeys in um, in the in the world, really. Right. Missed yesterday, was taken down from all his mounts, which is a little odd. Um, he was waiting on a COVID test. Uh, he, he, oh, wow. That was part of the Del Mar protocol. Um, so he was waiting on the results, had to drop all his mounts. It was announced late last night, early this morning. He unfortunately tested positive. So he will now begin a two-week minimum um, quarantine. Apparently, it's his second one already. Uh, you got to feel for the guy. Uh, Del Mar is really, once you're done with the Triple Crown, and I know it's been weird this year because uh, the Kentucky Derby didn't go. I think the Belmont's going later, but it, it won't be a Triple Crown normal year. Um, but normally, you get through the Triple Crown, you have that fun, and then everybody goes west. Everybody goes to Del Mar. And opening day is that kind of right behind Breeders' Cup Day, right behind <coughs> the Triple Crown races. Opening day at Del Mar is special. And obviously, we didn't have fans, so it's not as special, but it's still some of the best races. And if you look at what Del Mar did, and I'm not going to get into it. This will be something that we get into on a Tuesday podcast. But what Del Mar has done to bring, to incentivize owners to bring their jockey or their horses to Del Mar. I mean, we're talking, we went through, uh, they showed it the other day, 100,000 extra if, um, if, you're, if you travel over four states and, 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 and just all these things, or if you keep, keep your horses in, in our state stables for X number of times, a lot of very, hey, not only do we have beautiful weather and a beautiful track, here's 100,000, this fits you here. Here's some money for you. And it's great to see that because if you're a fan of Del Mar and if you're a fan of horse racing, you want to see the best. Pacific Cl uh, Coast Classic Day is an incredible, it's pretty much the Kentucky Derby for Del Mar. It's kind of crazy. I've never actually gone live. It's a little, little nutty for my taste, but it is a great, and I really do hope there will be fans this year um, that do get a chance to get in. And it's, it's really, really nice to see Del Mar still running, obviously behind closed doors, 
but the, the horses are here too. And it's not like, oh, you know, oof. now I understand the, la the last race, there weren't great races or great horses, but we're getting into some really good horses, especially this race. And Josh, if you don't mind just covering me for a minute or two, I have to throw my bet in. Absolutely. I 100% uh, know how that's like, you know, being hungry at the sports book, waiting for the game to finish, and there's a shift change, shift change with the uh, waitresses. You got all these free drink tickets, betting on games, having a good time, and always to the right are the horse racing guys sitting there with their forms, uh, having a good time because that's what it is about. It is about having a good time. Now, man, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be eight weeks. And one thing about uh, evolution, and I'm a big student of evolutionary psychology, is that as things evolve, things get, go faster, right? Every 16 uh, months, we have Moore's Law, where the speed of a computer ship doubles. So I think that's uh, permeated into life. And we have all these twists and turns fast, like a movie. You watch a movie, and a movie has what? Between six and eight twists and turns within a two-hour period. That seems like life is that. So one second, there's going to be 50,000 fans at Del Mar. The next second, there's going to be just 1,000 people that work there, maybe half the people that work there. So there's going to be a lot of swings. They talked about there was going to be a first wave and a second wave. Well, the first wave never finished, right? And when you look at COVID-19, uh, everything that we've been told has not held on to be true. Well, everything has been different. And we really, at this point, bottom line, and I was talking over with my wife, she's in the healthcare field, and she has a, a junior employee who was in their last uh, practicums, last uh forgot what they call it in the medical field, but she's a nurse and she's right at the end of her program. And we don't know, right? They're saying now that 60% of people who get COVID-19 are asymptomatic, right? But they can spread it. Now, when this first started, right? And this is the caveat, right? This is the big unknown. When this first Sorry. They said that if you get it, you're going to build up antibodies and you will not be able to get it a second time and will be able to build herd immunity. Now they're saying that that's not true, right? First, they said that it wasn't an aerosol. Now they're saying it is aerosol, right? But the facts we can note. I'll say this, right? Uh, right now, as we evolve quickly, there's a lot of therapeutics for COVID-19. You don't want this in your body. You don't know the long-term effects that it has on your lungs. You don't know the long-term effects that it has on your liver. You do not know the long-term effects that it has on your kidney. So this is obviously something um, you do not want in your body. However, with that being said, 70% uh, of the people who die from it 
are 62 and older and male. So now they're coming up with hormone therapies. They're coming up with steroids to give men so they do not die of COVID-19. All right. The other part of it is they're saying that 80 to 90% of people who get COVID-19 get it indoors. So, man, I if it was me, I would allow people in the infield. What do you think about this, Brandon, first? We allow people at Del Mar in the infield, and you have security there making sure everybody's 12 feet apart from each other. Well, That's what I would do. I think the biggest thing you have to deal with at Del Mar, because uh, I think Del Mar will be, and the racetrack will be um, easier to enforce, but one thing I think really needs to be emphasized and it's not something they like to emphasize at the track it's online betting um if you don't need to go stand in line that stops a lot of the social or that helps a lot with social distancing now the del mar thoroughbred club is not happy when you do that and you do your bet through my bookie or twin spires or, or this or that they don't get a piece of that so it's while i could sit here and say oh i think it's rather not easy but it's I have a solution, but it's not a practical. So like it's, believe me. Well, this is what I would do, right? This is the way I would handle it. And then, you know, obviously, I had a uh, a restaurant I invested eight thousand dollars in Pinellas Park, Florida, small redneck town, Pinellas Park, Florida. Ninety percent of the homes are in trailer parks, and I sold that restaurant for six hundred thousand dollars six years later. So I'm used to solving problems and being creative. And I do that for a living now. And all of my clients are done well through COVID-19. My restaurant clients, <laughs> right away, two months ago, we had them set up in the parking lots, keep everybody apart. And it's funny, I was out getting coffee and I was telling my wife, man, I, I came up with this idea. And I didn't really come up with it. It's just common sense from what we were being told, right? And how the droplets go, whatever. Go out to the parking lot, pitch a tent, keep people away from each other. Somebody sneezes at one table, it doesn't get to the other table, keep everybody apart and keep open. So what I would do in Del Mar, right? 80%, 80-20 rule, right? 20% pay for the 80%. So I would have, what do you think about this? All the high rollers, all the people that have a lot of money, I'm sure Del Mar has a list of them, Set them up in the infield, and I volunteer, Brandon, first volunteers. And I think even Raider Jim, we can get him out there on weekends. We'll run in the tickets for them. Tell us what you want to bet with the tickets in, and we'll run them over there back to the, the thing, right? We'll be wearing masks. We keep six feet away from Raider Jim, six feet away from Brandon first, and we'll run those high roller bets to the window. And we can uh, get at least two, 300 people. Yeah. Okay, so so my opinion on that. Um, have you ever been to Del Mar? Yes. Okay. I, can, I I don't know where the high rollers are usually. I mean, I know normally where they are, but I know where they are. And that's not the infield. I've never seen... Yeah, but there's a special time. This is a special time. We're getting I, I understand. But, but what I'm saying is those high rollers, if that's, the, if that's what it is, it's like, hey, you need to go to the infield, they're going to go, um, we'll actually just watch TVG. We'll sit at home and watch it and do it there. I... I think if you're going to open things up, it's going well, you to... Make that, you got to make the infield nice, though. It's not going to be a regular infield. 
You're going to set up tables. You're going to well, set up it's not that. It's, any it's, luxury it's, restaurant it's, in the infield. It's not that. It's the shade. It's the, it's the, it's the, the, the service. It's the, if you've been to Del Mar. Come on, man. You and I can do some service. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When you get it's to Del Mar, food. when you, when you get, get to Del Mar, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a hierarchy. Okay. You can tell where the, the high rollers are or where at least where they should be because they're up at the top. And believe me that, 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 that infield, they wouldn't even park their car on that infield. Um, I, I don't think there's the high rollers are going to come just to be at Del Mar to sit in the infield in a, uh, in a circle personally. I think right now for, for track, you things, remember things up uh, to, to the young or to the, to the novices or the, the, the not as, um, what do you call it? Uh, remember, not as is a slim right now. If you're a high roller guy like Tim Conway, I guarantee you Tim Conway would go to the infield. If you're a high rolling guy, high rolling women, because I've seen a lot of ladies at the, at the, at the, if you're a high rolling lady who's been divorced three times and only likes spending a couple hours with her grandkids but loves the racetrack, she'll go to the infield, hang out. As long as you make it nice, as long as you got guys like Brandon First and Raider Jim and myself running not, back and forth, they'll have a good time. I'm a, I, I thank you for the nomination, but uh, I, I don't run at Del Mar, and uh, I, I, I would be more than happy to help somebody out bet, but no, when I'm at Del Mar, that is, uh, that is Brandon time, and I am, uh, I will, uh, I'll go up to Santa Anita and run first people, but Del Mar, no, 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 um, but the, I just, and I, I understand, oh, that, you know, the grandma, high roller, blah, 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 but how many of those, I mean, really, uh, can you get there? I, I just think Del Mar is in a situation now currently where they're waiting to see, and Believe me, a lot of there's a reason when you go to the track, it's only six dollars to get in. Pretty much regardless, they, they, they want you to spend your money at the window um, or in the handle. You know, so every time I've gone, it's been for free. Isn't the end of the world. Yeah, I've never paid to get in Del Mar. Luckily enough, it's always been some corporate thing or going with uh, somebody who's really into horse racing and they want somebody to go with them. You know, I've gone in. So it's always been like that. It's always been a lot of fun though. Yeah. And I used to go, I mean, Wednesdays when it was, you know, really happening, uh, Wednesdays would be uh, a great day because you'd get in for free, you'd get a free hot dog. Uh, wasn't, wasn't terrible. Um, and I'm just checking. I think that's one, eight, nine. So didn't hit that one, but uh, a, a little update um, from the, third race that we did hit um we went from being in the negative uh being positive we took uh risk 22 dollars and brought home uh 57 so that's the positive i uh, got that did not do uh terribly well in race four but we move on and there's still money to be made we're still in the positive uh, i do believe i think we will hit something um when it all kind of shakes out i think the seven will get me something but um in terms of Del Mar, I, I, I don't think tracks are, I mean, they're bummed because they know they're losing out on the handle right now. Right. But in terms of like, say other sports, the reliance on attendance numbers and, and, and concessions is nothing compared to, uh, you know, the major league baseball teams and stuff like that. 
the only reason these these horses are racing and the only reason Del Mar's going and, and Keeneland's doing a one-week thing is because of people like us, is because of the betters. They're not doing this because, oh, you know, horse racing, people need distraction. No, they need to fill their money. They need to take money from us, uh, not from us personally, but us as a whole, that's what they need to do. So really, um, really interesting is we actually get ready to hit the halfway mark at Del Mar. Um, yeah, race five. Good old Del Mar. Good old Del where the turf meets the surf, as they say. As the turf meets the surf. Good old Josh, Del Mar. I've always had a really one? good time. I've always had a really good time at Del Perfect. Mar. And uh, I remember going with a bunch of people to Del Mar. And I've been married 18 years. And it was one of those nights where my wife was working in a crisis house in San Diego. And she had to stay overnight at the crisis house. And I was with my friends. And uh, me being an extrovert people person, I always have a good time. And after Del Mar was it was a good it was a good experience, right? We did the races. And my thing... <laughs> I don't know anything about horse racing at all. And now I'm learning a lot with Brandon first. I learned a lot Tuesday and then I'm learning a lot with Brandon first today. Now I know, cause I've always heard claiming horses and Brandon first explained it really well. Cause I really did not understand it for years. And now I got a really good handle on it. For some reason it went from one side to the other. Now I know what a claiming race is. Uh, but all I did that day was bet on line movements. I saw the first two, three races. I saw the line moves. And I guess it's a sport better in me. And I saw the line moves. And, like, the, the one of the two horses hit. So I'm, like, 50%. The favorite only wins 20% of the time. So let me bet the move in the line that's not the favorite. And, man, we had a good time. I hit, like, uh, three or four of those races. 100% complete luck. One of the uh, races I hit was because I had tipped the cashier and she changed my bet when I gave it to her. She's like, no, 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 do this. And she just changed it without thinking about it. Gave her another tip and that horse hit. We had a great time. And then we went to a club, not really a club. It was like, wanna be club. And this was years ago. This must've been like five, six years ago, even seven years ago. All the years are running into each other. And we went to this uh, supposed to be a club, which is different from what I remember. Dave living in New York, Boston, Miami. This was not a club. This was more of a lounge. And that's where I first got introduced and knew what the term cougar was. I really didn't know. That shows you how isolated in a bubble I am just reading financial books and dealing with clients and you know, taking breath to bet on games. Uh, I wasn't, I was so out of it that I really wasn't familiar with the term cougar. So they're, they're like, oh, there's going to be a lot of cougars at this place. Uh, I was like, what is that? But when we got to the club, I figured out what it was. It was a lot of uh, middle-aged uh, ladies uh, who were single but they were uh, racehorse ladies, right? So racehorse ladies have like a different vibe. They're older, they got a lot of money, 
and they're smart. They're very knowledgeable. All right. Very, very knowledgeable uh, about everything. And they're fun uh, to talk to because uh, been there, done that. No pressure, chilling. Uh, they can see you coming. They know what's going on. They're like, oh, yeah, your wife's working late and you're chilling. And I'm like, oh, yeah, da, da, da. So, so, you know, they know they know what's going on. So it was, it was a really good time uh, at old Del Mar from beginning to end. And it was fun because usually I get in early. So that was one of those nights where, uh, and, and that's the thing about cities like San Diego, California, as opposed to the East Coast that, that shuts down. East Coast doesn't shut down till about 4 in the morning. And then at 4 in the morning, you find a after hour, somebody's house where you go party at, at the club, right? People who you hook up with or connect with at the club. Then you go to another after party at 4, 4.30 in the morning. And you get home maybe 7 a.m. the next day, right? Uh, this was one of those, like at 125, they're doing last call. I'm <laughs> like, well, it's so different than the East Coast. Uh, but the system is set up. People who are cool, you look good. You got, you know, you got it going on. The after party is already set. So it was pretty interesting because it was like a, cougar older people after party at some person's mansion that it was already set up. It was almost like the mansion after party was like really going to another business establishment. Because <laughs> we went from there to there and the people that I went with were old school Florida people. So even though they were all married and we're all old really, and uh, but we're used to um, if the vibe's right, you're just not ready to go home, right? My wife was working all night. So we went to the uh, after party at a mansion. So it was a pretty interesting day at Del Mar. We got there like at 2. And I didn't get home till maybe like 4 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning. Um, the next early morning. You take a shower, go to sleep, and you're in bed before the wife gets home. <laughs> right? But... Uh, we have Life 360, so she really, my wife Hannah, knows where I'm at at all times. So it that was my Del Mar story. That, that's actually, I've been to Del Mar a few times. That was my best story, where uh, there was Thank a lot of hanging out, a lot of fun. That's definitely uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's uh, definitely up there. Um, I had one one where I hit a 50 to one shot, and I won 102 on a $2 bet. That was, that was a fun day. Nice. Um, but uh, for the fifth race, it's this is the tough one. This is I call this um, it's two year old maidens. So two year old, pretty much as the youngest you can run. Um, right. This is this is pretty much betting on little league. Um, you just don't really know. Three uh, there's I five uh, runners. betting there where you're betting on. Hey, I've seen it. <laughs> oh, and we're going to we're going to in this race. Don't get me wrong. But, um, Betting on literally. Uh, only three of these horses have actually ever started. Nobody's even finished in the money. So there's a lot of, it's a lot of looking at, I take that back. The six horse did finish in, uh, uh, finish third in uh, their debut. So a lot of this is looking at 
the the pedigree uh-huh. and that's that's where the money's going to go and it's so tough i mean this is this is one of those if i was at the track and i needed a breather um this would be one that i just sit out because it's it's so tough to to look at but there is value i think with the four horse um she wasn't terrible or it wasn't terrible um in workouts it will be its first start so you always have to deal with that how are they going to deal with you know i do think it is easier with the first starts with no fans there i think it's just it's not the paddock atmosphere isn't the same um now eventually they're going to have to deal with this horse or these horses eventually are going to have to deal with that so how do they deal then but right now for the first time starters i'm sure a lot of these trainers and owners are are excited that their first time starters can pretty much do this behind closed doors for the most part um i, I like the four horse just because the the odds right now are six to one that that that's that's something i can get a, a piece of and i can feel okay with um but not anything here that i'm going to you know stake myself on um the cross indian is uh eight to one i, I read some things uh today uh, in the form and in the Union Tribune here in San Diego. And that was a name that did come up as a possible long shot. Um, so I'll probably put $2 on that. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just going to probably even just do $2 across the board on the four horse. This will be a really low bet race. Um, and, and we'll live, like I said, this is a very backloaded card. Um, the stakes race, I believe, is the eighth race. And that is, yeah, it's the wicker. And that's a full mile on the turf. Um, that's a $65,000 purse. Not a huge amount for a feature race, but it, it'll it'll be a good one. That's the one I'm definitely looking at. But here in the sixth, it's, like I said, it's it's Little League. I, I, like, we're still going to bet on it. Don't get me wrong, but it we're not going to expect a ton. Um, and if we hit it, we hit it. If not, we move on. Nice. Nice. So what's the big race today? And do you have a breakdown of that? And what are you thinking? Because the, the big race today, I mean, kind of Saturday, the first day, it's going to be an intriguing race. And, and do we have a, a Scott Kaplan uh, or Stephen? No, we do not. Uh, I, I don't, I can't confirm that, but I really, I highly doubt that we have a Scott Kaplan horse um, in a stakes race. But um, uh, <laughs> I'm actually, give me one minute. I'm going to relocate. I just had to get a quick cigarette in. Yeah, yeah, um, no I will be right problem. back with that breakdown. Yeah, you're back. Uh, I've been planning to do this for a while and I'm going to take this opportunity to do this. Uh, I was doing pretty much daily COVID-19 updates and I'll get with Brandon first to see if he wants me to do a San Diego COVID-19 update like I've been doing in uh, Orange County. I was checking out LA for a couple clients early this morning. And the reason I haven't done it is because uh, the numbers have been kind of weird, right? The numbers have been kind of strange coming out. And the whole situation has been strange. And I've had other, like, business-type stuff to kind of uh, go over. And... The COVID-19 stuff has been uh, all over the place. So I wanted to get a handle, try to get, uh, try to get data on 
what is really going on, right? And try to research it thoroughly. Because I've had I'll actually, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple minutes. I'll just kind of go over. Um, just kind of the, I, I think I only covered a couple of the races. So this could be a good opportunity for me to go over some more while you do a little, because I'm pretty much done analyzing this race. So I'll go on for two Got or three it. minutes and then you can do the COVID thing. But um, in terms of the races, so we talked about the claiming, um, which is pretty much bottom of the barrel. Uh, that's um, a claiming 2000 or 20,000 is someone take this horse off of me and it goes up to 50. Um, and then we have the stakes races. The stakes races are very interesting. Um, you'll have restricted stakes racing and then uh, graded stakes racing. So the graded stakes racing are pretty much, so the Kentucky Derby is a grade one. It's pretty much uh, the, the top of the top, division one. Um, and, then, and then of course you have grade one class two, which would be obviously below that. And then grade one class three, uh, those are your graded stakes. Today, we will have a stakes race. Um, it's not graded. It is, um, it does have restrictions on it. Uh, let me see what those restrictions are. Okay, for this, this race will be for three-year-olds and upwards, which are non-winners of a sweepstakes, aka stakes race of 50,000 other than a state bred at one mile or over since September 1st. So you kind of get the point. There's other restrictions. There are situations where you know it's not the kentucky derby where hey all you gotta do is pay this and uh you'll probably lose but if you pay this money you're in right um, in, in, in these restricted races you have to meet certain criteria so that's what we'll have today so that's the difference um between these races and obviously like we have in life when the purse or i'm sorry when the yeah when the purse goes up the entrance fee goes up so you got to make sure that if you're putting your money into even this race um, it, it, it's a $65,000 purse. I'm sure it costs probably upwards of, you know, near 10,000 to get your horse in here. I'm not quite sure. I probably shouldn't speak on that, right. but, uh, the, the purse being 65,000, that tells you right there, that's a whole, uh, that's a race, um, card that's going to be full of, uh, 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 of real runners. And I'll have a breakdown in a little bit. I'm not fully done going over that just because it is kind of like, it's like the Super Bowl. you know, you, uh, you take a little extra time on that. Um, but if you're all ready for that COVID, I'm all ready to pass it over to you, sir. Yeah, I, I'm looking over stuff. We can look over it together with uh, the people that are on the stream and the people who see this later on on uh, YouTube and later on on uh, Twitch or later on on Venmo, uh, any, any video. Uh, platform you can think of we're on and if you think we should be on another one let us know we'll get on there so this is the numbers for orange county uh orange county probably has around four million people last census was 3.2 million so uh, kids street 400,000 uh if you're over 25 so this looks bad right I know this is bad. 14.2% testing positivity. It's wrong on many levels. Number one, that they were busted. I, it, I hate to say it, but I went on Facebook and had a decent crowd. And I know that the healthcare is easy, but I 
prove just doing the math that the positivity percent that Orange County was putting out was fraudulent and bogus. Uh, and they admitted to it. Uh, three directors have now been fired. The fourth one is probably cooking the numbers. I don't know if the feds came in there. But suddenly it went from 4.3 to 20% and now it's at 14, 14 points. So hopefully they're being honest about this 14.2 infection rate, which is way over the threshold of 8%. It'll be interesting to see what it is in San Diego County. Here saying so over 25 per thousand is bad and we're at 256. Horrible. 37.8% of the ICU beds are available. What's the definition of ICU? Uh, the best one I got was from Alabama, right? ICU is you have like ventilator there. Percent of ventilators are currently available is 65%. So the threshold is 20%, we're at 37, 8%, we're at 14. Uh, the sheriff has said he will not enforce people wearing a mask. Uh, when I go out, I have a mask on. Nobody else does. So it'll be interesting to see what goes down. Uh, Orange County has respected none of the rules. And I guess they're like Florida. And the numbers have skyrocketed. When I talk to my dad, he's like, oh, nobody's paying attention to any of the rules. No social distancing. No matter. Everybody's hugging each other here in Florida. And the numbers are quite high, right? So total cases, uh, 23,901. Uh, that's the number to look at. Uh, again, Don Wagner, Don Capo Mafia Wagner, uh, one of the most corrupt politicians in the United States, uh, said that the curve was, uh, there was a bend in the curve. Again, he's lying. He's a habitual liar, a degenerate. He's probably having a homosexual relationship with Scott Voigt on the city council. Uh, we've gotten reports of that. We can go to court. We can get verified evidence and we can get See who's right if they want to take that take that route. We are ready to go. I don't say anything unless we have direct evidence, witnesses, and ready to do a court battle on the evidence. See whose pictures are more legit. Uh, we have 421 cumulative deaths. We have uh, half of those are for senior home centers. And man, that breaks my heart, right? All these senior home centers that are not being run properly and most of the deaths, I wouldn't say most of the deaths, but let's let's just go what we see on the screen here in Orange County, about half of the deaths are in nursing homes, nursing homes. Uh, nine people died uh, today, but we don't know, right? Because you have Chinese communist homes in Irvine and in places controlled by the Chinese communist government and they have their own morgues and they're not reporting to the United States. So that death toll infection rate could be higher. Uh, 303,000 cumulative test, 14% positive. Again, we went over that number. It's way over 8%, uh, which is not good. Got the ICU numbers. Uh, we got the race numbers. And I guess we'll close because I'm going to cut this out and use it on the Lake Forest page. And then what we're gonna do now, now that we're getting more help, what we are going to do is have a daily briefing. Then we'll post that briefing on the podcast. It's gonna be a five to 10 minute 
long podcast, and it's just going to be a briefing of some sort. It could be a sports briefing. Uh, it could be a COVID-19 briefing. Because I think COVID-19 every day, not as important because they're lying about the numbers. So cumulative numbers are more legit. So in Lake Forest, you have 345 cases. But again, it's a gaslighting, lying uh, number, corrupt number. They have 95 total cases, Tribuco Canyon. One of the council members is from Tribuco Canyon. So what they're telling me, you've gotten through the grapevine, some people, because I, I was adding the whole 95. They said, Josh, add 20% of it. I'm like, okay, I will. Uh, they're saying 20% of Tribuco Canyon actually is in Lake Forest. So we'll go 20, so that'll make it 20 plus 345, 365. And Lake Forest is eight miles long and two miles wide. And I encourage everybody, I, I posted a, a video and I posted it on Twitter of this lady who lost uh, health or childcare for her kids after school care when the city is sitting on $45 million. So you understand the corruption that is going on in your city, not less Lake Forest, everybody is, because nobody is watching who's putting their hand in the cookie jar. So you take 365, you divide it by 16, right? Eight times two, you get total square miles. Math, we learned a lot of math on this podcast because math makes you a lot of money betting. <laughs> so that's why we are good at math. So you take 365 and you divide by 16, you have 22 people per square mile in Lake Forest infected with COVID-19. Are these people going to Rouse and putting their hands on their food? Are these people covering? Are these people wearing masks? Are these people trying to affect everybody? Now, is that number low? Because what they're saying now, they said, right? What are the facts now? They're saying 60% of the people are asymptomatic. So if that's true, there's probably about a thousand people infected. All right? All right, there we go. That's your COVID-19 Lake Forest briefing. As we take it back to Brandon first, who takes us away from all that nonsense in the world into the world of horse racing, so we can forget about the world. I will say, I will throw one thing in there. They didn't, um, I mean, it might be in, I'm sure they have it somewhere, but it wasn't on there. The, it's really kind of, it's good, I think, to see the amount that the death rate is dropping very fast. It looks like it could be looking at a point, uh, 0.02 or 0.2. I can't remember if there's a zero in there or not, but um, that's that seems to be settling down. It hasn't been talked about a ton, um, but yeah, the math thing- therapeutics, right? You got to inject the old guys that are dying with COVID-19 with estrogen and that, and that helps them. Well, I, I mean, I, I, it, it might help. Um, I, <laughs> I know the, the, the Hox, the Oxy, whatever um, has actually, whatever they, they came out with like two weeks ago, said that that has been the best medicine. I forget the name. It's the one that Trump yelled about like two, two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, well, it helps some people. It doesn't help others, but it helps somebody. Hydrochlorophyll. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but, and yeah, saying, I don't know if it's true, but they're saying that that uh, Laura Ingram was having special time with Trump trying to get him to sell hydrochlorophyll. Well, and, and let's be honest, Fauci or whatever, whoever <laughs> is now the mouthpiece for that, yeah. It, it, it's what we, whoever's paying that man the most money, that's what we'll hear. I mean, I hear different, I heard the, uh, I heard two weeks ago, uh, the World Health Organization say, oh no, it's asymptomatic people don't spread it. Well, what the hell did we break to shut down for? And it's just, 
it's crazy, but you know, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, back to Del Mar and we do get ready. Um, getting ready to go for the Del Mar five. Hasn't gone yet. This, as I said, the little league race of the day. Um, very interesting. Just, just because you only have three starts between the six horses. Um, and one, 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 uh, ooh, excuse me, one horse was in the money. That was it. Um, and not even a, a horse that's heavily favored. So we're going to move on to the six. Uh, I gave you my, my soft plays on five, but let's move on to six as, um, we have, we have a couple scratches here. It looks like the one horse, uh, isn't going to make it in there. And then the 10 horse is also scratched. Uh, Rispoli, he, he is running in this race. He's already won today. Uh, beat me in two races ago or last race. So I'm keeping my eye on him. He is on a bit of a long shot. It is a situation where, hey, maybe a, a, a show bet could be something. If he sneaks in at third, uh, we'll win some money. Keep an eye on that. Uh, the, the three horses captured the C. It's lifetime, seven races. Uh, it's got one win. Uh, broke its maiden uh, last year. Hasn't raced this year, which is a little odd. Oh, no, I take that back. They just didn't update the numbers. Uh, okay. So uh, he ra ran twice at Los Alamitos this year. Um, but, uh, oh, you know what? It was quarters. I apologize. That's why it's not. It was a quarters race, which is Los Alamitos's um, thing. I don't quite understand the quarters, so I'm going to move on. Uh, the duplicity, that is in at number four on the four position. This is a horse. It's young. It's only ran twice, but both times it's been in the money. First and second, both times. That's something to keep an eye on. Morning line, eight to one. <clears throat> we'll check on that when the live odds drop, probably in about five or six minutes once this race finishes up. That's a, that's a horse I'm going to keep my eye on because when you have a horse that knows what it's like, th th these horses, they understand, okay, hey, we need, I, I, I want to win this race or but they don't understand the situations, you know, like we do. So for these horses, all this horse knows is I've gone out and I've ran twice and both times it's either been me or the other horse and then me right there. So the horse is obviously comfortable there. It doesn't quite understand, oh, well, I'm going up in class or this or that. Uh, horses don't really understand stuff like that. Really interesting to see how, uh, how that horse goes. Because like I said, 100% on only two races in the money. That's gonna be good. This is a um, uh, 40,000 optional claim. So what the optional claim is, not you don't have to, um, this horse doesn't necessarily need to be claimed. I do believe after this, the, uh, the uh, trainer or owner will be able to pull it back. I think that's the optional is. But the buyer par, which is pretty much, uh, the buyer is, the race book, the, the form book that, that puts a number to everything. Like I said, that zero to 120, it grades this race as a 90, which is, uh, which is very high. So this is going to be a very good course. It's on the track, uh, on the turf. It's only five furlongs turf sprint. And if you saw, um, Del Mar the last couple days, it, that, that turf course is beautiful. It is, it looks like the, one of the announcers said, wow, that looks like a perfect fairway at the Masters. And that's what we have. And obviously Del Mar, great upkeep. They're, they're always really good. Um, and it's only the second day. So that's going to be a very nice, and, it's, and it runs firm. So it's not going to be a fast track. 
um, until we see probably later in the meet if they don't keep an eye on it. Um, but that's what we're getting ready for as I look at race four. They have a photo, so I'll let them get that, that all figured out. Uh, so we talked about duplicity. That's a horse to keep an eye on when those. And um, let me ask you this. Uh, yesterday, uh, you guys went through an, an objection. Is this like hockey where in hockey you bring the goon up for one fight every game? Is there always some controversy at least once at the racetrack at one of these races where there's a photo like, finish or an objection? Or... I'd say once a day. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there are some days, and, and it really honestly depends on how the race is being ran. If you have a lot of horses in a sprint, right. especially outside horses that right. need to get to the rail, and the horse knows that, it's been trained, wherever I am, find the rail, that's when you're going to see things. Because like I said, the horses, they, they're trained, get to the rail and run. Well, they're not doing the head checks. They're not putting blinkers on or, well, they have blinkers on, but you know what I mean, the, the, the turn signals. So you'll see sometimes an eighth position just veer to the left and take people out uh, and take horses out. And that's when you'll see the inquiry. Each state has different rules in terms of what is, an, uh, what is a disqualification, what, is, um, what brings somebody down, what brings a horse down. In California, just because I understand it the best, the only way a horse um, gets disqualified is if it took out multiple horses and possibly the winner, or it won't. If it's not disqualified, it could possibly get taken down a, a spot if it affects the result of the overall race. That's how it is in California. And as we saw yesterday, I don't quite remember what race it was. Probably like six or seven. I feel like it was late in the day. Uh, but it, it it stayed the same. Uh, it didn't affect the way the race ended. It didn't affect the winner, loser, or winner, or first, second, third, um, which was unfortunate because I, I, I would have loved to see a disqualification. I could have had my horse move up. But the inquiry system in all states is different. But in California, it's by far the most uh, liberal. You can get away. There are some states where any, any um, contact and you're disqualified. And obviously, look, there, there's a reason they do this. It's the health of the horses and the jockeys. It is a very, very dangerous sport. Um, I was watching Keeneland on Tuesday or Wednesday, and the horse that I actually bet on at the time had uh, had kicked his jockey, or the jockey um, was unhorsed pretty much. And that's always a scary situation. Um, you could get trampled. You could The horse could now hurt himself. There been I've seen a I've seen a race at Del Mar where actually the horse that won, well didn't win, but the horse that came across first unseated his jockey and just booked it. Obviously you can't. That's another thing. Um, you have to have a jockey on your horse to be eligible to win. Um, right. So there are situations crazy, though, right? Because the uh, jockey goes off, and the guy wins the race. I'm like the horse won the race. Come on. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but at the same time, the owner's probably going. Telling that jockey uh, the next time, yeah, at the quarter pole, uh, just just jump, just <laughs> jump off the tree, you know. Then right. it turns into a strategy, and then uh, the, the NRTA isn't a big fan of that. They're uh, no. they're trying to go the opposite way of that. But um, just in terms of the, <laughs> and um, it's really like I said, I know 
California, that's the way, and and we're dealing with an inquiry right now. Um, I I don't see a ton, but the stewards are. I'll give it to them. They they're they're paid to do the job, and and they they usually get it right. I see a bit of oh wow okay yeah oh, it seemed like it happened at the very end. It might have even happened after the um. I don't know what horse. It looks like the one horse. Oh wow, they're looking all. They're looking at. They're looking at a couple situations. So I'm just gonna let these guys figure it out before I sit. Wow, yeah. This this could be interesting. We might see two or three horses disqualified or dropped. And when you have a six horse field, I don't have to tell you what that does. Um, does look like they're still in the inquiry. That's when somebody they have absolutely no idea what they're doing. It's a big one. It's something like that happens. Well, this is, and, and, and normally when you see, and obviously they have to look at it because there was contact and stuff like that. But so, so maybe the, the horse with the worst odds finishes in last place. And if you did it as a show horse, you'd be doing pretty good. Okay. So it is official now. Three, one, four. I don't think there was a change at all. Uh, maybe the one horse got dropped to two, but I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, so three, one, two. I don't think that's a winner for us, but like I said, we keep grinding. That wasn't one I felt terribly confident. That was a soft bet. I talked about it. It's a soft bet. Um, oh, you know what? I did put some money on the one. Um, I put $2 on the place. It came off at, I believe, three to one. So we'll get a little bit of money, but won't be in the profit there. But once again, we pick our boots, pick, pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. We're not millennials here. Um, right. We move on. Um, Next up is yeah, Greg Wolf was saying last night. Sometimes you don't bet every race. Exactly, but um, you know it's it's opening weekend, and I had a good day yesterday. So that that is one that when we when I look and we do the Hawthorne effect. Yes. Me, when I do the Hawthorne effect, that's one that's going to point out to me that goes, you know, the next time you feel that way, maybe go make a sandwich. You know, maybe maybe go take a walk. Um, because if I sit here and I watch TVG, I'm going to end up betting it. So, um, but those are ones that, okay, maybe for me, those two-year-old maidens, I got to have a really good feeling or I should just leave it be. And that's what we do the Hawthorne effect for. And that's a part of understanding, you know, I, I, I don't know the exact quote and I don't know who, ex quote, uh, who made the quote and just popped into my head, but you don't fail unless you stop trying. Um, and obviously embedding a little different, um, no. but in, in terms of you keep, you, you, you keep doing what you're doing. Cause I know I'm good at this. Um, and and, and uh, you, there are going to be days that, that aren't good. Guy. He was a uh, martial arts expert and it, it never got out of my mind. And he's like, you've never lost, right. Until you have admitted defeat. And, and I, and I truly truly 100% um, believe that. The other thing is, uh, I do not believe at all in the word failure. You have only failed, in my humble opinion, when A, you quit, B, you do not learn from not getting uh, optimum result that you prefer, right? 
consistently. Now, if you've, in fact, I take it a step further and I'm taking it a step further with clients. You have not failed if you attempted to learn from not getting the outcome you wanted. If you gave a good honest, and we have a lot of ways to track now. You can track us in the podcast from what we said. and We don't edit it, right? Tim Conway was like, do you go back and change pics? <laughs> no, we don't. Because it's part of the fun, right? Uh, you can learn back and listen to the po- last podcast. You have note-taking abilities. You have recording mechanisms, right? That you can track. Fitness trackers, right? My fitness pal. You can track everything now these days, right? So if you attempt it, and it's not new, right? The old French philosopher said that a life unexamined is a life that's not worth living. So it's been going on for centuries, the thought that, yeah, you have to uh, evaluate and you have to track what you're doing. Now, there is the Hawthorne effect. It used to be a theory. That's a law that whatever you review, you improve 10 to 20%, the result. So for us in sports betting, if we're average at 52.5 and we review those results, after reviewing those results, we're going to be at 62 to 70% of our bets just using that. And I was thinking about it last night. I gave uh, a few, like three or four or five different ways to get 70 or 80% during your bet. So if you stack those up, you can get on a serious roll like you did college basketball. So what Brandon first just said, his, by evaluating and by tracking, by putting on a spreadsheet, we'll make live on Twitter, by tracking that, by uh, being different than that, being average, being the same, it's a sure way to mediocrity is another one I heard, right? Uh, if you are willing to change, you want to put the effort in changing, it puts you in the top five percentile on the way to be one percent. So if you have a willingness to change and learn and adapt, right, and evolve, because what was right yesterday, not going to be right today, right? Einstein and his assistant, that old story, but his assistant was like, Einstein, I know you're Einstein, you're one of the smartest men of all time, but they cheat a lot at this university, and you are giving the same exam. You gave last year. I'm sure those answers are going around and people are going to cheat on your test and you have six classes. And Einstein goes, well, the answers have changed from last year. (laughs) So whatever worked for you last year doesn't necessarily mean just because I've been hitting profit 12 years in a row doesn't mean I'm going to be hitting 13 years. There's new things going on this year. That's why we're studying the games two months ahead of time. We're not waiting for uh, July 31st, we're going to get help. We're going to get somebody that works for the Clippers to break down the Clippers-Lakers game that saw it live last time. And, and that's one of the main reasons we did so well last year. I guess we all put our egos at the door. And we're all open-minded to new information that we can monetize. Because Brandon first, with what he just said, improving his horse racing handicapping skills skills by 10 or 20 percent means a lot more money but he's being very very generous with his time and we're streaming it out so you're 
his money he's making is money we're all making. He is sharing with people. And he's proving Bernie Sanders and Fidel Castro and Putin. He's proving all these people wrong to say that capitalists cannot collaborate and share. Exactly. And and just switching, I, I've been looking over this sixth. Uh, are we, is it the sixth? Sixth or seventh? Sixth. And I'm... I'm salivating a bit. I have three horses here that all I'm probably going to do a $2 show bet on all three. Now it's they're they're long shots, but the numbers I could be getting, one of them could be 44. Um, one of them could be 33 and the other one could be uh, 42. So there's numbers there that I am all about. And then I'm, Looking at the two-horse, Scardo, had him earlier just because he's been good this year. Two out of three races, he's won. Now, he's stepping up. Um, let me see. Actually, no, he's actually stepping down. But did lose, uh, by, and, but did lose by 10 lengths uh, in the class ab uh, above. So, gets brought down to the class that he was good at. And we have our good friend on there, uh, Mr. Rispoli. He's on the two. And the way the race works, I was kind of trying to look it up. My bookie has, it seemed like there was no racer in the one hole. Normally you'll see a, a, maybe a horse scratch from there, but it seemed like so they didn't put one at the one. I don't know what happened there. But anyways, technically Scarto is the two, but is the one for uh, by you know the default, if you will, because it will be on the rail. Um, I'm got an eye on that 19 to one is, is nice. I do. I think the four, uh, the six horse is scary good, but the numbers aren't, I mean, the projected line is one to two. That is, that's crazy. And, uh, in, uh, in horse racing one to two is, I mean, that's, that's a heavy, heavy favorite. So I'm not going there. The duplicity that I was talking about earlier I'm going to go across the board on duplicity, $5, because I do think that has the best chance of coming in across. But then what I'm going to do is I'm going to have four uh, $2 show tickets that are going to cost me $8. So this is going to turn out to be a $23 ticket. So five, uh, the four horse, $5 across the board. That's $15 bet because you're betting three times, uh, win, place, and show. And then four horses I'm putting a $2 show on to hopefully hit a double digit um, uh, odd. And that's going to be the seven. I'm sorry, let's do it in chronological. Is it six? No. Sorry, let me just get this straight before I give anybody the wrong set. Okay. The two, seven, nine, and 12 are the, um, the four horses I'm just going to throw $2 at uh, to finish third. And like I said, the, the big thing on the tote board I feel like most people know this if you're listening to it, but I'll go over it anyway, is um, the win, place, and show. And if a horse wins, it gets paid out three times. So when I say a show bet, I'm yes, I'm betting on the horse to finish third, but if it comes in first, I'm still getting paid at whatever that show bet is. And when you have horses that are at 40 and 50 to one, that bet, that $2 bet, on a third place might be 20, $30 just straight away. Um, and so we hit one of those, 
we'll make our money back on this bet. I like it, it's kind of diversifying our portfolio in this race is is now finding four horses that while I don't think they can win, if two of these if if two of these horses go two, I mean if three of them come one, two, three, let's go. Um, but if two of them come in second, third, or if, if any of them finish first, game over, it'll be nice. But um, really, really interesting value in this race. I'm really looking excited as as kind of lukewarm as I was to the last race. I'm excited about this one. Nice. Nice. And I'm excited. And the reason I was silent, people were like, man, that guy has a big mouth. He's quiet. There must be something going on. And I'm going on Bavada, and I'm putting in my bet for that. Nice. It, sound, it sounds good to me. And Bavada, of course, they delayed my bets because uh, after that 46 and run, uh, I had to remind them that we do have a link on our podcast. And we have a link on our webpage to Bavada where people can go there, get a link, and sign in to Bavada because they were upset and there was so much winning. <laughs> it literally said, I, I have it and I have to give it to Brandon first. I mean, where they literally said that uh, I've had my account for 10 years and that they have lost a lot of money and have not even have ever had any profit any other years. And I'm like, that means I'm doing my job. I'm not supposed to come here to lose, man. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're making money from other people. We're crying out loud. Uh, so, you can't hear on the horses. So, they have me going slow here. It was fast yesterday. I would admit this. It was fast when I got on and I randomly uh, took the, the the bets on my phone oh. by, by uh, Raider Gem and, and First Report. It, you know, when you're at the track, too, it's it go. I mean, it's it's kind of hectic. If you you're like me, I mean, I uh, I'm kind of a, a weird guy. I I am I have a very. I tell people all the time when I go to the track, it's it's business. I'm you know Great. you can look at the pretty ladies and all that stuff, but I, I'm here to make money. Um, and for me, it's like I talked about. Race is over. Okay, <laughs> whatever. You hold on your ticket. You put it in your wallet. You let them do what they got to do. Everyone's staring at the big board. I'm the guy who's running the the paddock. Um, I do what I need to do, and then I'm out of the paddock. I'm hopefully up close. Maybe grab a beer, grab a hot dog, uh, do it all over again ten times. So. All right. So this race number six, and which of the true horses I'm doing? Uh, let's. You're gonna do two, seven, nine, twelve. Nice. Show best. Nice. Take that, Babada. Now, let me get to me. I, I would say this that the reason that I've used Bavada is because they've always paid out. Bavada's good. Uh, intro tops that we also have has always paid out. And my bookie has always paid out as well.
All right, it's in. Me too. Perfect. So yeah, and uh, it's it is different. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It, it's I love the races. Uh, being at Del Mar, there is nothing like, especially when it's when you leave your house. It you know I'm kind of weird. I always try and get there two hours early and sit down and read the form for a couple hours before the. Right, not like that. I like going to baseball games and watching batting practice. Exactly. It's getting the feel of things, kind of, you know, it's like being getting to a party early. You know, by the time it really gets going, you pretty much know the people you need to know. Right. And, um, you know, when, it, when you get there, um, a lot of what it is is, is just seeing kind of you leave your house at, what, 12, and it's, it's a hundred degrees or, you know, in July, September, or well, it's right. August, it ends in August, but it's hot and you get to Del Mar and it's warm, but by like race three or four, that breeze rolls through and you get that ocean smell and it might not be the greatest smell in the world because maybe the beaches here in San Diego weren't the cleanest in the world, but it's an yeah. unmistakable smell. And I, I, I've actually never, ever been to another racetrack. So I can't sit here and say, Oh, it's the greatest thing ever. Um, but it's, I've heard from a lot of people that it is definitely up there. And uh, I know this sounds probably like a um, walking infomercial for Del Mar, especially with my background, but it's, this is, that's my favorite place to be in the summertime uh, in a perfect world. Obviously uh, it would be, that's where branded would be ideally on a Wednesday. Cause Wednesdays are the, the free and easy. I get it for free. I did half price beer and half price hot dogs. So. Nice. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I gotta tell you that. The United States of America is the greatest country in the world. And man, have I had a lot of uh, free beer at horse races. And uh, minor league baseball games. In, in both places, uh, lends itself to uh, drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have a good time. Also had a lot of free drinks at the sports book. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and this is America. And one of the greatest things I love about America and horse track is the same way. And we're talking about this with Tim Conway Jr. It is the culture. You know, when you go to a Grateful Dead concert, when you go to a football tailgate, which is the opposite of a of a of a Grateful Dead concert, you walk through the infield in the greatest country in the world, and people are giving you stuff. They're like, "Hey, man, you're walking through this tailgate. You don't have a beer. Here's a beer, man." You keep walking, and they go, "Hey, you don't have a hot dog, man. Here's a hot dog." And you're walking, and they're like, oh, you have a beer and a hot dog, man? You don't have a sausage, man. Here's the sausage. Da, da, da. And you sit there, and you talk to the people that have the satellite, that have their games on. You you know, you have that camaraderie, right? We talked to Dad about Greg Wolf, right? We're like, man, don't just sit there looking at spreadsheets all day. Text to your buddies about the game. Watch the game. Have some fun. It's not just the money. Money can only go so far. It's the beer. It's the camaraderie. It's the doing the math, right? It's you know, it's having a system that you can share with people and have fun doing it, right? And those are the best parts of America. And that's and people don't understand. That's why the social distancing 
is uh, so hard for people, right? Because it's that. And it's something people don't get, especially uh, people from other countries, and my parents were from another country. And what you don't get is the nuances. The same guy that you see in the middle of a work day, it's a totally different guy at the track or at the tailgate on a Sunday. Totally two totally different people, right? One guy is focused on his job, doing what he needs to do. The other guy is belling you up in the beer, talking about life, talking about this, that, and the other, right? And you buy each other beers and stuff and meet people and you have a good time. Uh, it, you differentiate, right? So that's, that's the problem that people don't understand. Uh, but only you understand if you've been around and you integrate yourself into American culture instead of living in a bubble just with your family from, from Asia or wherever the heck else. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's, I love you brought up the, the kind of other stuff, you know, obviously when you do, I keep bringing up Del Mar, but it is, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit easier to lose money in a beautiful place like Del Mar rather than, um, you know, a, a crappy, you know, uh, slot machine at a 7-Eleven in Nevada or something like that. You know, I'd rather lose my money looking at beautiful women and uh, and just the beautiful beauty that is Del Mar. I mean, it's, and the horses as well. I mean, these are, now, like I kind of said, it's a little weird because maybe some of the better horses are in Keeneland right now, but uh, most of the West Coast horses are here. And it's, you're, you're seeing not only Del Mar in a different light with, no fans but the racing at least and i know it's only day two but it doesn't seem like it's missed anything and i would be remiss if i didn't bring this up um i was just kind of looking over some things unfortunately this morning at the morning workout um a horse did have an injury um did have to be um put down so that's unfortunate um it's it's a negative part of the sport it's not something i enjoy i think when i tell people when I tell people that I am, I, I like to play the races and all that stuff, the first thing they think is, oh, you must hate horses. I, I think that's completely opposite. I, these horses are beautiful. I mean, I've, I've known people that have been like, oh, I, you know, I used to ride horses. Like, I'll take you horseback riding. No, thank you. I, I, I love these beautiful animals, but I respect that if that horse decides, hey, I don't want Brandon first on my back and I'm going <laughs> to prove it. It'll yeah. happen. So it's all good. You know, I, I respect them from a distance. And, and, and a, a thing that I say to these and, and in a perfect world, no horses die um, and none of them get injured. But Del Mar in general, and I'm not going to speak to other tracks because I don't know other tracks. Like you said, I've only been to one track my entire life. I really only follow one track. Um, Del Mar about five or six years ago, put down and cost them a lot of money, put down a poly polysynthetic track, which was supposed to be kind of the, the savior to horses and, and, and save things. It ended up being bad, like almost like who came up with this? You need to go to jail for fraud because horses, at least at Del Mar, were dying at a, or being injured, I should say, at a, a, a historic pace. Right. And if you'd ever been to Del Mar and you actually saw the synthetic, it's almost like, you know, those dust bunnies that if you don't get those nicks and crannies, 
think of like millions and millions of those just on it just there it's really odd um and then obviously the ones that i'm looking at are you know 55 60 feet from the actual running lane so it's probably different there but del mar took then that track out and put the dirt back in cost them a lot of money put the welfare of the horses first um obviously look it's going to happen it's unfortunate in a perfect world it wouldn't but it's if you look at the percentages and if you look at overall it's not and it's kind of like the covid thing i i i can't sit here and say oh it's only you know 10,000 or 100,000 people died well yeah there that's a million other people that are grieving right now um and and same thing with horses you know there are people that watch that and see the abuse and that stuff and i'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't happen but i do think overall at least del mar the track and the way they do things they've tried everything in their power and they put the welfare of the horses first um i really do hope that we we keep it a clean meet um i i one of the things that i remembered from the tim conway podcast was when he was talking about the activism um there are sixty thousand people in Santa Anita or wherever he was talking about. And there's nine people outside protesting. The media is going to go to those nine people protesting and it's going to turn, and then they'll make it seem like it's this big deal. And I'm not, you know, uh, making light of the fact that, you know, unfortunately horses pass, but I don't think that it's a situation where, and it's not gonna stop. I mean, there's way too much money in this sport um, for, for, for it to um, be outlawed. I think what we're seeing right now is a change and and them like i said with del mar them figuring out hey that polysynthetic we were told it was great it isn't we need to pay the money and fix it um and that is i don't really know why i got on that track talk uh tangent but i did um and right because we're talking about uh the social aspects and the peripheral uh parts of uh, horse racing and the culture of it, because that's part of the culture too. Uh, the protesters and Tim Conway, and I encourage everybody uh, to think about it. Uh, they say, you know, there's 50,000 people at the racetrack, and the news goes to the nine people protesting outside. <laughs> they were about to leave until they saw the TV people. And it's it, it, it is unfortunate. And and one other thing I, I will say in terms of you know, some of these horses, actually a high majority of these horses were bred for one reason. You know, they, they, they don't, you know, a trainer didn't, or an owner didn't drive by a farm in Ramona or, um, you know, Poway or, you know, wherever and see a horse and go, hey, I'm gonna buy that and I'm gonna race it. Like these horses are bred specifically. They've been trained since birth. And that's whether you think that's right or wrong, that's for another podcast, but right. these horses are specifically trained to be, I mean, it's in the name, thoroughbred. It is thoroughbred racing. This is, when you talk about, I mean, millions of dollars for breeding rights, there's no guarantee that that horse is going to be great because uh, Animal Kingdom is the name. And see how we did. The six horse did come in as the favorite. Um, That's fine. I believe it came, the final was one to two. None of our horses hit. I don't believe so. We could have got one in the third. There was a bit of a bunch trying to see the three horse we did not have. 
it's so hard. TVG, I don't, I don't know if they're going to fix it, but they used to have the numbers like corresponding right. to where they're running and they don't have them right now. And it's really hard to, okay. So six, three, pink, eight. Ah, well, we move on. We move on. There was value there. Um, and you know, sometimes it, it, it doesn't hit and you diversify that portfolio and sometimes you didn't poke the right holes. Exactly. But uh, race seven, we still let the beauty of horse racing, I believe. At least until the last race, you got one more chance to atone. And then, and then you can uh, come back tomorrow. Exa exactly. Exactly. It's only until the last day of the season that you really have to go, uh-oh. And right. remember, we're still up from yesterday, at least me personally. And I don't know if I said I'm this, but I, I always carry yesterday. over $100. So Yes, I'm still up from yesterday. And uh, that was race number three, man, where you guys made that money. Yep. Yes. Uh, uh, whatever. Retama Porter. <laughs> uh, it was the six horse. Oh no, it was a race number three. Bovada doesn't really tell you anything, does it? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was show the place. Uh, and I got two of those. Two out of three. Nice. Thank you guys. I'm still in profit. That's all I care. You know, to be honest. Uh. The system we have for betting, if you lose a game, and I, and I, was, I forgot, it might have been Greg Wolf before, or somebody I was telling yesterday, uh, that sometimes you're cheering to lose a bet. Once you have a system that you have locked in profit and you've made a lot of money throughout the years, when I, and we've talked about it on the podcast, I think we've all done it. I don't think you bet it's worse better if you have not bet on the New England Patriots and started – cheering for them to lose <laughs> and cheering for yourself to lose the money because you hate the Patriots so much. Well, yeah. I, I, uh, I call it, it's like the, 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 the fan hedge in terms of betting for the Patriots when you hate the Patriots, you're either going to win money or the Patriots are out of the playoffs or they lost. Um, so, so either way, you're a winner. Um, the, and it's, it, it's the perfect, perfect little analogy for it. And, um, and that last race, it was kind of that hedging of those four horses. If one of those four would have came in, it, we would have made money. Uh, didn't happen, but that formula will hit. I guarantee you we'll, we'll keep track of it. When I do that again, when I get a four, four show or whatever like that, it will hit again. Um, and that will uh, that'll hit because now maybe the numbers were a little high. Uh, you know, 40 to one. Mm, okay, yeah, that, that probably horse. I might have, my eyes might have been a little big, but once again, we back, get back to the Hawthorne effect. We're charting all of these, and now it's, oh, okay. That was a that was a, a really good, like I said, the buyer par was 94 out of 120. That's really, really good. So, yeah, maybe the long shots in that race, that type of race, not, not the smartest thing, but it's day two um, of many. And like I said, we learn and we change. Uh, the, we talked about the intelligence factor. If you're an intelligent per person, you know you're doing something wrong, change. Not a whole lot of people can do it. And uh, that's kind of what our podcast is predicated on. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And it I, is one of the fundamental things. But the, the, it's a gift that we've had. The, it's a gift that we can share uh, with society. I agreed. I, this, so we're looking here at the seventh race. We have plenty of time. It's going to be six and a half furlongs. We got a three-year-old and up claiming 
16,000. So just um, think this might actually be the low. I don't know if we had a 12.5 claiming earlier. Um, I know we've obviously had claimings, but this is kind of the lower spectrum. The buyer par is 74. So the last race was 94. This is 74. Six and a half furlongs on the dirt, starting um, pretty much near the back. You're only making one turn on this, uh, at, at this distance, I should say. A couple things jump out to me. Um, always, like I said, I, I wake up in the morning when I, uh, play, when I do the horses. First thing I look at is the form. Look at the best bets. Look at the ones that people like. Um, and they, they always have one best bet of the day. Um, and this actually in this, uh, in this race. And it's Little Sydney. And, and this right here is going to show you the reach that the daily form has. The morning line on Little Sydney was eight to one. It's currently it's two to one right now. That's a big movement, eight to one to two to one, huge movement. Um, it is projected to go to seven to two. I think they're expecting uh, people to be scared off by the two to one number currently and uh, put money elsewhere. We talked about last the ninety four by uh, the buyer par, maybe the long shots because they're those horses are so good. Um, there's there's a fifty to one that might sneak in. I, I don't think I'm going to deal with it because when you look at a horse that is looking like it's going to probably see its second or third owner, also only been in the, uh, hasn't been in the money in over a year, hasn't won in about four years, or I'm sorry, uh, hasn't won in over two years. That scares me away, especially after what we saw with the long shots in the last race, um, not as dominant but still the numbers, I mean, 50 to one, that tells you something. Uh, Taco Waco is eight to one. Money's moving away from him. They expect this money to stay at eight to one. Always been a high odds guy. The last two times he's, um, the last two races he's gone off at uh, 20 to one, both times. So the numbers do drop as the class drops uh, for him as well. But the, the horse that I'm really looking at and I think is um, <clears throat> one that maybe the form maybe didn't say best bet, but it jumps out to me is Mantray Island at six to one, projected to finish at five to one. It's only had four starts. It is a five-year-old, so that's kind of small amount, small sample size, excuse me, for a five-year-old. But the thing that jumps out to me is the trainer. Doug O'Neill was on yesterday. He was very good yesterday. He's, I mean, Doug O'Neill is right up there with Bob Baffert, um, Wayne Lucas. He's one of the best. And sometimes you see those and, and you like the horse and then you see the trainer. It just kind of adds up. So that's something that to keep an eye on. Um, only eight, I think eight runners. There's eight horses. I do think we have a scratch. Yes, we have a, the two horse did scratch. Uh, not not a big deal, uh, eight to one morning line. Um, Regalo is on the one. Um, it's at two to one. Looks like it probably might end up being the favorite, which is a little surprising to me for a horse that's uh, nine career starts, only twice in the money, only one win. The only win um, they had was at um, it was at the it was their first time out, which is actually surprising to me. It does show though. Sometimes these horses, they win and, you know, just kind of like an athlete. Oh, hey, that was easy. It's always going to be easy. Uh, hasn't won since. 
It's not actually, it's been in the money only twice. This is going to be a horse that has to stay close. It's not going to be near the front at the beginning. Um, it, it can track late, but it has to be within striking distance. It has to be, it's like uh, those um, certain football teams. They can't get down by more than 10 points. You know, this horse cannot go down more than five or six lengths, uh, especially before they hit that turn or, or after they hit that turn, I should say, or else it's going to be a long, it's going to be a tough race. And I'll tell you, it's a hot day, a uh, hot day today. Uh, maybe not so much at Del Mar, but 75 at Del Mar is warm for them. It's right. beautiful for pretty much everywhere else. And it is beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, that is a warm had, day yeah. at Del Mar. This has been a decade of my life in San Diego. And I'm, I actually, I'm not far here. I can get to San Diego in half hour. And I've never seen a day with bad weather. Ever. It's usually, um, I would say, um, happens maybe January, February, we get a couple days where we get a ton of rain. And it's always when um, Fashion Valley, if you're familiar with San Diego, yeah. Whenever it rains crazy, Fashion Valley just turns about six feet underwater. So that's about the one time a year that uh, we get two or three days where it's just absolute downpour and then uh, 360 other days where it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, like I said today, a uh, little bit of cloud cover, but I mean, you're in Southern California. You know how it is. Oh, best, totally. Best place in the world to live. Yes. Expensive. But that's why we're that's why we bet. <laughs> that's why we bet. That's why I own three businesses. That's exactly. why my wife's a successful psychotherapist. And really, that's what it takes. <laughs> People are like, oh, how do you live in Southern California? It's so expensive there. Well, I own three businesses and I'm married to a very uh, beautiful, successful psychotherapist. It's the boss where she works. And you know what? It's still, it's still not enough. That's why you have to be happy. Money only takes you so far. And I've been on both sides. I've been extremely poor or extremely poor because we couldn't afford the other O and the R. And I've been extremely rich. Now I'm somewhere in between. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you know, when you are raised poor, middle class, and you wake up in the morning and you just have a lot of money. It just feels good. But I was with someone at the time who had always lived with money. So there was always some sort of stress going on. For me, I was like, hey, it's a happy day, man. Jeez. But I think it's good brain chemistry. I got good brain chemistry. So that you look at the happy side, you look at the good stuff. Exactly. And it's, you, you talk about the, the money with the gas. And, and that's what it is, is, Okay, you know, I, gas is, you know, you said, what, $28,000? That's, that's about four gallons of gas here in California, by the way. That was when I did the analysis last month. So you can probably, yeah, I'll look at the bank account and tell you what you can add to that right now. Oh, yeah. Mine got up to six gallons. But, you know, it's, uh, and we're in a situation now. I, I found it so ironic, um, and I think it was for most, most places in the country, uh, but especially here in uh, California, especially Southern California, this, the very, very beginning of the, the quarantine lockdown, whatever you want to call it, you know, March, early April, gas was like 2.40. But it's all good because no one's going out. So it's like one of those, like, yeah, I see what you did there. Like, huh, 
you know, try and go find like a, a silo or something to, to hold on to this gas for this long. Of course, that's not going to happen. But you can just tell with things like that, like, huh, I, I think that's a, probably a good time uh, for the market to go. And obviously, there was the OPEC, I think, was a big reason why that was happening. But, you know, just little ironic things like, oh, the cheapest the gas has been in Ca Southern California or California in what, five years, six years is right. when we really don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> So, but, uh, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lock this bet in. I, I, I really like little Sydney across the board, $5. Um, it's what, what are ready. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to throw it in right now. Um, the four horse, uh, $5 across the board. So that'll cost you $15. You can do that for a minimum of two. Um, so it would be a $6 bet. I like to go across the board, cover myself just in case. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, throw a $2 show at the seven horse, um, Doug O'Neill. Oh, really? Sorry. See, if I was in the track, I, uh, now I'm going to change cause you know, I'm listening to you guys, but the former me would look for that Doug O'Neill horse, which is what the seven. Yeah. Six right now. Which is incredible. Taco Waco? Uh, no, it is um, Ma Manta Ray Island. Okay. Seven. And what's the other horse? That other one is the four horse, Little City. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, at, at six to one, that would be a nice little show. Uh, another thing, too, and. It's at eight to I, one on um, Bobada. Well, see, the, the only thing that, that it's, they're fluctuating right now, and it, it's all going to go on what the final odd is. Got it. Um, and, and I've I've never seen odds, like I said, to where we saw the live the live line at what, one was like 56 to one, and then they said projected it was going to get down to 16 to one. So it, it's almost kind of like, uh, think of uh, four o'clock on the West Coast on election day. Like 2% is reporting right now. We don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they the whole handle isn't in until the race has been over for two minutes. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts in this situation right now. Right, right, right. And I've gone back to the whole no, no on-track betting or no, <clears throat> excuse me, betting on track. It just, it throws these odds. The odds are just, they're, they're trying to keep up. It's almost um, speculative at this point. They're almost trying to, to, to maybe try to speculate where the money goes beforehand. Because I told you yesterday, there was a horse that got loaded in it um, three or four to one. And it came off at even odds or something like that. Or, and it was just like, what? I mean, the, the last time we saw the odds, they were four to one. And then it was even odds from yeah. the time from the end it was crazy so right we talked about that on the tim conway show too yeah and i didn't expect that i didn't i didn't plan for stuff like the whole the handle not being centralized right so yeah we'll go seven show we got some time too so seven show uh, five to one that's beautiful and then uh yeah i like the, i like the four horse um five dollars across the board maybe not a huge um money coming back but 
every once in a while it's nice as long as it's not the favorite you know the second or third favorite feels good just trying to get your mojo back it's been a couple maybe not mojo but feel a little good i'm also gonna blame um uh my cat for this uh, i don't know if, i don't know if y'all watch um the office but i'm a huge office fan and my favorite yeah, my michael wife, scott, yeah, constantly watches that. oh my gosh my favorite michael scott quote is i'm not superstitious but i'm a little stitious and <laughs> yesterday um i think about race four or five uh i was i think i'd lost two in a row and my cat came into my room which was odd because usually she's out all day a uh, beautiful day i let her enjoy the weather so she came into my room which was odd and I was on a roll from then. Um, I tried to get her in today, but I, I, I felt guilty keeping her, keeping her in on a busy day. Um, so uh, she'll be my scapegoat. But like I said, there's still plenty of plenty of time to go. And I feel good about this race. Um, nice. I, I like the seven horse at the show. Todd, uh, Doug O'Neill, as long as it's not a crazy, because Doug O'Neill doesn't pick up lemons. And Doug O'Neill is very smart with his horse placement. A lot of a lot of this too is where they put these horses. Um, now I'm kind of going over the races, and then when you get into that, I've been talking about the classes. That's kind of getting deeper into the layer of the onion. Um, and you look at the way trainers and owners place their horses in terms of, okay, I just won um, a maiden special weight. Well, who knows? Maybe you. If you're a two or three year old, maybe you throw a stakes race early in the year. And if you do well there and you have a couple bucks, maybe you, right. you sneak into the Kentucky Derby, something like that. You know, little things like that, um, that are, like I, I said, on Tuesday, and we're going to be continuing to do these on um, Saturdays, these live streams from Del Mar or Betting Del Mar. There will be one um, July 20, 24th. That one will be moved to a Sunday because um, that will be the first full day of baseball. Um, so I'm going to take the day to watch baseball on that Saturday. But I'll still be with you on Sunday. Um, and we're going to keep doing this pretty much every Saturday. And as we continue to grow, I will be able to say, hey, we got a maiden uh, 50,000 uh, or a maiden 52,000 special weight. And everyone will go, okay, I know what class that is. I know what type of horse we're looking at. And that's what uh, we're, we're going to do on these podcasts and not just this one. Remember Tuesday, I think Tuesdays are going to be the, the, the real meats. These are nice because we're actually yeah, getting on uh, things lucky. like that, but yeah, that's we're where we're going to get a lot of info is Raider Jim. Yes. We're getting, uh, we're very lucky, fortunate and good to have Raider Jim. I have a very yeah. good feeling about, uh, Tuesday and, uh, those things <laughs> we're, we're going to be fully staffed on, on Tuesdays uh, to take care of this opportunity because I'll take my uh, my uh, student hat off from learning from Brandon first here, learning from Raider Jim, and I'm going to put on my uh, finance hat, my economics hat. There's going to be a second economics wave here. It's going to hit. And uh, you're not just going to be able to plop down uh, a bunch of money on Tesla. Beating three of the participants home, only getting beaten six lengths. Third place finish was Django Unchained. uh, That was his third um, in the final race yesterday at Del Mar behind Julius. Let's see if we can get Kurt Dodd. 
in a photo finish for we'll second. Minutes, so the I think the form is good. Probably, I was a little zealous, a little over-ambitious, expecting yeah. the eight to one of the morning line. Mike. So, so yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till the race starts. Right, but it's you know, and uh, honestly, it's go Greg Wolf on people. It's we talk about gamification. If I found on my uh, cable here where uh, the races are, uh, I'll put it as a favorite. I can get it for next time. So, uh. And Brandon first is my witness that I've been saying there was going to be a recession from the beginning of last year. And it hasn't fully hit. And what has hit, people have been denial about. Now, the stock market is not an indication of how well. See, that's, that's, that's one of the main reasons I started the podcast. Is because from a financial standpoint, people get lied to so much and gaslighted and misled. They get so much wrong information, right? For years, people have said that the stock market had a relationship with the economy. And that is a 100% lie. The only thing stock market measures is liquidity in the market. So the Fed just print out money and said, you know, and I just, I'm not going to go into it, but I went through with a client <laughs> how the financial systems work, right? How things started. The Federal Reserve, right? Uh, 1913, three senators came up with a quorum and set up the Federal Reserve system. So long story short is that <laughs> it's not a bad idea to learn how to bet. <laughs> I agree. I mean, and, and, and it, it teaches you a lot, you know, financially and, and kind of how to deal with um, money. And right. now I will preface this, and I've said this numerous, numerous times. If you're betting on spring train, training games, if you're betting on NFL preseason games, you're betting on little league games you're betting on high school football games and canadian preseason games canadian. Any, yeah uh you have you i'm not gonna say you have a problem but you need to rethink things um right. and i because i don't judge i'm not gonna sit here and, and judge anybody but i'm going to maybe side eye be like huh okay well, you never know you never know there's some guy out there right uh you never judge because there's some guy out there that probably makes more money than all of us being Canadian preseason games, and that might be all he does. So we're not knocking it, right? No, and if you do that, please, I would love if, – if you can show me, uh, you know, literally show me the money. And, I mean, I don't know how you have a um, strategy for betting that, but if you do, please hit us up. We, I mean, we're oh, not yeah, saying we're just happen. If you have a formula for betting those things and you win consistently, feel free to share. I just – I don't think that's the case. But um, it's it could happen though. You never know. Oh, one hundred percent. And and there are people. I mean, I I've seen some some gamblers and a, a guy I used to work with. The way he would make money through very very small increments is he would bet Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal early in Grand Slams, and he'd put up five thousand dollars to win a hundred. And he almost he I, I'm pretty sure he won every time because believe me I pretty sure I'd hear about the one time he lost, 
but he'd always kind of, oh, I'm just making a hundred. And I told him, I was like, I don't know how you survive. I mean, I'd have to watch it and I'd be freaking out like $5,000. That's the problem. Is he oh, having fun watching the matches? I would, I would freak out because some of those matches are close and they sometimes lose in the first. 100%. Especially and, if you bet the female. The female's always like Serena Williams. She has lost in the first or second round and then she'll go and win the next five. She hurt a lot in those matches too. A lot of times she comes to those grand slams and it's always, oh, she will play. And it's always kind of going up to it like, oh, right. is she going to play? Or, right. you know. She pregnant. Nobody knew when she was pregnant. Yeah. Which, I mean, personally, that's none of our... If she wants to let us know, that's fine. But that's none of our business. But uh, right. No, that's the thing. <clears throat> none of our business. Nobody knew. Right? But you got to think that that has to affect you if you're like two or three months oh, in and, and you're playing a game. And, and somebody, you got $5,000 on it. it if like you don't have $5,000, you like really to know if that person... It doesn't matter. Play. Get out of her business. Yeah, but if you do, you do wonder, right? So that's one of those things. And that's one of the things with COVID-19. Uh, and it's something we discuss on the NFL podcast is that everybody uh, looks at things differently. Right? Everybody has their own system. Every NFL team operates differently. I've had a friend of mine who works for five front offices. And it's funny because this guy extremely organized guy uh you know first thing out of his mouth is oh what's the best practices oh what's the rule here oh josh what's the best model here josh uh here's 10 companies uh, what's the business model on them if you can tell me what the business model on them and the profit market very organized guy but he works for five nfl front offices and it kills him that each front office runs 100 percent different there's no best practices. There's no like manual or rule book. And I'm like, welcome to the real life, right? There is no manual and rule book for things. You have to figure it out yourself or figure out what the owner wants. You know? And you have different style owners. You have a, a guy like David Tepper who was poor middle class and he grew up to be uh, the owner of the team. And then you have people like the Heinz family who've always been rich. They haven't had a day in their life when they didn't have a nanny cooking, cleaning, washing everybody's clothes, right? It would be, I would feel weird if I didn't clean and do all my laundry and stuff like that. It would be strange for me to have somebody else like do that. But for some people, NFL ownership, it would be strange for them not to. So this is what this guy went through. Working for different NFL teams. No standard. And that's what's going to happen with COVID-19. Nobody knows. Uh, they're saying in college, NCAA has come up with no criteria. So what that means is before – and it's going to happen. We were talking about it last night. We've seen different teams like uh, Michigan. Michigan's going to have a quarterback battle. And Harbaugh – what Harbaugh means by that everybody should just work through COVID-19, what that means is, it means everybody, he's already he's already confessing that he's not going to tell you who the starting quarterback is going to be until you see him run out to the field in the first game. Not run out to the field. Run out when the game's about to start. Not even, not even warm-ups. Warm-up, both those guys are coming out at the same time. And they're not going to be anywhere near the first team. 
You're not going to see him until he's in the huddle and Harbaugh claps. And, and I bet you that even to the side and both of them are going to get to the side and the one that crosses the side to the field, that's what's starting. Yeah, and I, not to change the subject, uh, hold, put a pin in that. I do, just before this goes off, um, you will have to hustle if you are listening and you do want to put this in. But uh, that, that five horse that I talked about is 50 to one. A uh, two dollar show bet would be uh, worth a look. The horses have not been loaded in yet, so you do have a minute to go get it. It is the five horse sunset seances or seances. I, I'm so dyslexic when it comes to reading. Uh, Suance's secret. Um, God, when it comes to reading horses, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, oh, I have. Uh, yesterday I had, oh, Margot's Bay, and it's like, no, it's Margot's Boy. Like, oh yeah, that's an O, not an A. And, so many times, like I just completely botch a. So I just use numbers mainly. Um, but yeah, that five horse, two dollars um, in a in a race. Now, so I know there's a bit of a Hawthorne because it was immediate Hawthorne that oh there were those four long shots that you went for. That was a race that was graded at 94 in terms of the the race the the horses that were in it in terms of their class. The best way to kind of best describe what type of horses are in this race. This is a 74. So in those top, the 94 race, that those favorites are a lot better than the so favorites. Chloe we Jack have down. Down. You said it's 50 to 1. Yep. Yeah, I don't see that. Is this the eighth race? No, this is the seventh. Oh, yeah, they're already dropped a lot of. Damn. Yeah. Well, here they go. They're off. So yeah, we can it just went off. Now. And I think they won't kick us off before. We're in the middle of the race. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Seven's off quickly. Not always the greatest thing, though. Oh, man, yours is faster than mine. Four. There's that four, though. We'll take that four winner. Woo! Looking good. Uh, what was that horse that I hit? Oh, the five. Yeah, five probably uh, is still Eight getting out of the gate. Six. We got one, right? Yep, we went across the board. If you went on that, that was a $15 bet. That came off. Let me see what the odds were on that. Uh, on the form, had it. Little Sydney. Hey, you, the one whip, two whip. And I hate that, right? Because I'm a non-violent guy, and I don't know what I'm seeing. But yeah, the four, he gave him those whips, and he and he went out there, and he was able to. It'll be great to have Raider Jim in doing this, but Raider Jim gives a great description. Get a three or four to one winner is gonna put us back in the positive, um, or at least right. me personally, um, put me back in the positives. Assuming, like I said, I think that was a pretty clean race. We of course only hold our tickets until uh, the money is put on the board, but uh, it does seem pretty good. The five, yeah, five was never even close. Didn't finish last, good for him. Um, but I mean, it finished up at 70 to one odds. I, I will put $2 on a show horse on a, on a mule. You never know. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm obviously blessed that there are a lot of people in this world that look at me like, wow, you just have $2 to drop. Yeah, I'm blessed like that. Um, but 
It, it, when you look at the value in horse racing, it's it's about it's almost a Moby Dick. At least for me, it's it's kind of a Moby Dick conquest. It's now it's cool to win, but even that right there, a three to one, a four to one winner, it's gonna win for us. But there is nothing better than I'd rather hit a fifty to one coming in third on a two dollar show. Uh, just because I could sit here and say, yeah, I was one of like four people that really had that, you know? And when, when it comes to horse racing, it's almost uh, a Moby Dick. Like every time I see a 10 to one and a horse that is just, I could find a way that that horse can win a race. I am all about it um, because when it does hit, it pays for your day. I mean, they're, and I talked about earlier with the, the hot dog and the beer and I would always go um, and I'd have a set amount of money and that was it. And when that went zero, I go home. So it was, if I want another beer or if I'm hungry and I want a hot dog, you better win this race, Brandon. So it was kind of, I know if I hit one or two early on, I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. little different mindset when you're sitting at home handicapping from home um and like i said i'm i'm i feel about 60 65 percent right now if i could find like uh get a get a a zoom robot to just put it right at the paddock right right there at the paddock and i could just maybe go like this and i could just see the horses excuse me coming around and walking around because on tvg they'll show certain horses but I like to focus on a certain horse. See if they have socks. See if they have tape. See if they have blinders. What's its tongue doing? Is its tongue on the side of its mouth? Um, is it jumping around or is it calm? Is it sweating? Does it have a big ass? Well, things like that that you have to be there to, to I always say you have to smell the shit. Right. And, you know, walking by, do you know, they're walking through on that post parade and I love a horse that drops a deuce as he's walking out. I, I know that's kind of weird and crazy, but I will I don't care what the odds are. I will always put two dollars on a horse that is walking through the from the paddock onto the um, onto the main track. There's that little like um, alleyway uh, at Del Mar. Any horse that I see is dropping. That is a horse that is ready to roll and knows what knows what's up. We all know that what needs to go down. You know, when you use the restroom, you know, okay, hey, after this, I'll be good to go. Right. Pretty much the same thing for a horse, or at least I feel like it. It's, it's weird, but those are the things I'm missing out on. And through nobody's fault, I, I you know, I can't rah, 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 rah about it. But that's something I feel good that I, I'm still handicapping at a good pace and I'm winning and I'm profitable at 65% right now. Right. And probably less. Like if there's people who have gone to the track with me, um, like literally at the track, a couple of my buddies have, my girlfriend has, and I always tell them the same thing, just wear comfortable shoes or we'll have a meeting place. Right. And, and they know, like if they're listening to this, a lot of them, or some of them had even said like, oh, you might not go because you don't, you don't get a chance to see the horses because they know how important that is for me. I'll have a horse all day that I looked at the numbers and oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. I come out and it's got uh, tape on all four of its legs. Big old X moving on. I don't right. see the tape. Uh, I, I, I'm, 
I know people say, oh, trainers do that to drive the numbers down. Congratulations. You tricked me. I'm moving on. Um, I, 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 it's also very hard, too, because another thing is the difference between socks and tape, while I don't love that horses need the socks to keep their legs warm, um, it's a lot better than tape. So even those things, like, there are a lot of minor little intricacies, and that's probably for another podcast and all that stuff, but things that I'm missing out on and, and having to adjust to, but the best part about it is if I wouldn't have been a part of part of this network before this Belmar season, I bet you I'd be losing my ass because I'm taking everything that I've learned in this podcast and the principles of this podcast and using them in what is pretty, I mean, a, a high percentage is a uh, unknown. We talked, I even want to talk to Raider Jim about what, what do the horses feel when uh, sometimes those horses they need when they turn the stretch and they hear the roar of the crowd. I mean, you don't maybe necessarily hear it, but when you're out there and you're going by people and it's just kind of that like cascading roar, it gets the horses rolling, you know, that's not there. Um, and, and maybe they're hearing other horses being whipped or scrapped and just different things that they normally wouldn't. It's, it's early in Del Mar. The fact that we're, we're successful. I mean, it, I'm pretty sure we've hit on, we've won at least three or four. Um, that's a 50%, which is pretty damn good in horse racing. It's been a good day. We saw three more races, including the feature to go, which is um, next, I believe. So I'll stop yapping and get to handicapping. Um, but it's been it's all good fun, man. It's all about fun. And it's all about what you want to do. And very happy with the amount of people that have streamed that have gone on Periscope. Good. And come on the stream. And it's funny, the longer the podcast we do, the more people uh, seem to stumble up on it uh, and, and view the podcast and listen to us because we've been around for a while and uh we're fortunate lucky and good in southern california because it does cost so much to live uh a lot of people that survive are really talented interesting people that you learn from at work and different other places and you pick up and you put it in your own toolbox and what makes us different is that we uh we share we share the information So sharing the information is hard. It's, it's very good. Josh, have you uh, touched on the article um, the, that you shared with me? I think it was the LA Times of Santa Anita. Yeah, well, I'll go ahead and read it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, just so uh, just give me about five or 10 minutes and I'll get this uh, feature race all figured out. All right, cool. Uh, the CHRB, uh, Los Alamitos needs to address deaths. The California Horse Racing Board in an emergency meeting Friday gave race course 10, race course, gave Los Alamitos race course 10 days to come up with a plan to address the increase in equine, e, e U-I-N-E fatalities at the track. There have been 20 racing and training deaths at Los 
Alamitos here in a beautiful Orange County, California, including eight since May 26. The two-hour teleconference was punctuated by appeals from trainers such as the famous Bob Bafford and the thoroughbred owners of California to continue racing. However, most of the public comment period was dominated, but here we go again. Here we go. By animal rights activists. Oh, God. Here we go. And this is actually with Tim Conway Jr. I encourage you to listen to that podcast. Uh, but Tim Conway Jr. was talking about 13 out of the 18 speakers wanted to close the track, right? So there's 50,000 people to go to the racetrack, and it's about the same 13 that, 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 that Tim Conway Jr. is talking about. He says, you go to a meet, and there's 100,000 people at the meet, and there's nine people protesting. But who does the camera go to? It goes to the 13 people protesting. And that's the problem with journalism, that it hasn't been uh, journalism for a while. Instead of reporting the story, they want to be the story. I guess everybody wants to be a superstar. So you have some nice, aspiring person. And a lot of these girls are very beautiful. Uh, we follow Tabitha Lupian or whatever her name is, Lipian on uh, Twitter. Beautiful girl, works in San Diego, now it's in Dallas. Yeah, a lot of them are very attractive, but not everybody can be a superstar. Not everybody can be uh, a Jennifer Aniston or uh, I don't even know. That's how far out I am. And all I do is study finance and bet on games. I don't even know who the, the famous actresses are. But I know like Jennifer Aniston, I watched her in Wonderlust, which is a good movie. Meet the Millers, which is, takes on more significance where the guy takes out a joint six cops chop on him and start beating him up. It's a white guy. It's just the way cops are, right? That's why most of the people protesting George Floyd were white people and a lot of white skaters who were harassed by the police. That's why you saw that white skater take that, that skateboard and throw it at the window of the Atlanta Police Department. Uh, and so they want to be the story versus reporting on the story, right? And that is a problem. And it's a problem with horse racing where a large minority of activists. Now, who are these activists? And I've worked with a lot of these activists who are, for the most part, very successful, good-hearted people. They're people who have retired or independently wealthy in their mid-50s. And they still have a lot of energy, a lot of money, right? And they want to keep their brains active. They don't want to sit at home and get dementia. So they go out and they join groups and they become activists. I've met a lot of these people at city council meetings, right? And they're all very, very good people. However, they're not the end all be all. And usually the truth is in the middle, right? The activists are never right. And the corporate entity is never 100% right. The truth is somewhere in the middle. So in this case, when you break it down, Yes, there absolutely needs to be reforms in the horse racing industry. And 
the horse racing industry, your Bob Baffers, your Doug O'Neills, I'm sure they have top-notch shops where everything goes well. However, beneath that, it's always the 80-20 rule. 20% are up top, vital few trivial many. Now, those trivial many's, there has to be some eyeballs on there, and they have forfeited their right to independence in self-policing. So there needs to be, and we don't need to pay any money. We need to just get these same activists. They're activating. Let's get them to all these horse stalls. Let's get them with some clipboards. All right. Let's get them to do some investigating for free. We don't need regulation. We don't need to pay taxes to have somebody on a board. And we don't need to abolish horse racing. But what we do need is for these activists to get paper, get some clipboards, and we'll say it right here that the ESBC Betting Podcast Network, more than happy to provide the pens, the paper, and the clipboards for these activists to come with some basic surveillance and tracking, right? And to be honest, and I would love to ask, and we'll write this down so we can ask Raider Jim about this. If Raider Jim feels that maybe these activists can enforce regulations and laws already in place, right, to mitigate uh, the deaths of horses. I know one is just running horses too much, right, or, you know, running the horses way too, or the training way too severe for a lot of them to survive. So these activists, right? They're retired anyway. They're independently wealthy. Let's put them to work. They can volunteer. And they can report on, on training uh, that horses are going through that are causing some of these deaths. Right? Uh, the second part of it is the testing. And I think the testing is already in place. Uh enforce, have enforcement mechanisms for all the banned substances. This has been going on forever. So let's nip this in the butt. Let's really have severe penalties for substances. Sydney withdrawal, there's no reason a horse should have Sydney withdrawal inside their system, right? Sydney withdrawal is a steroid that is found in horses and I've read where it's been illegally banned. The new control was had by the boxer too, uh, Canelo. Canelo was taking the new control too. So it's a steroid uh, that builds muscle fast and provides you with stamina. It provides you with extra blood cells. Uh, and early in COVID-19, I was like, this is the time for Lance Armstrong. Because Lance Armstrong to do blood doping so he would get extra blood cells and he had more stamina uh, running his races, right? So they do that with horses too, obviously it's banned. And Sinibitrol kind of does, it's a steroid that does blood doping. It increases your red blood cells so you uh, not only build muscle and not, because sometimes you take a steroid and you build muscle, but you also build fat which isn't good, or you get high blood pressure, or you get bloated. So in Ebertrol, you build a lot of muscle without a lot of fat, and you get stamina, right? Your, your blood pressure doesn't get high, you get it. 
So in horses, though, it's banned, and it's not good for them. So you you, you have to do a custody chain. And, a lot, and to be honest, a lot of horse racing people have gone to jail for putting illegal substances in horses, and there's a chain of custody is what they call it. Uh, so that needs to be tightened up. So chain of custody for drug, but the problem is gonna be the, the recession and the downturn because uh, this is gonna be more rapid, right? People are gonna take risk of arrest for putting certain substances in horses and having an edge an unfair edge. See, like Brandon First and I, we're working hard. Uh, we're having a disciplined way of thinking, a scientific way of thinking, right? To be able to measure our results and be able to use the Hawthorne effect to improve our decision making 10 to 20%. Uh, these guys, instead of doing that, are injecting the horses with steroids and having ill effects that gets that death count higher than what it needs to be and what it's been in the past, right? So this is something that we don't need any more regulations. We don't need any more tax dollars spent. We just need to leverage. And I would love to ask Raider Jim that because I'm just saying this, not, I hate the word just, but I'm saying this, analyzing the situation from the outside. And what's it been in news reports and the conversation we had with horse racing insiders, Tim Conway Jr. and Raider Jim. Now, hey, Josh, uh, let yeah. me just hop in, uh, put a pin in that just because we are about eight minutes from post. Sure. Uh, so I do want to give you, I went through the little, uh, went through my handicapping notes. And, you know, for me, this is a really good race. Um, this is, obviously the feature race by far the best races um the best horses we're going to see today uh it's one mile on the turf so they're taking two turns this is the wicker uh purse is sixty-five thousand, which for a feature race is low but okay still really really good race uh horses here there's a little bit of an international flavor um you got some aussies in here there's an I ireland guy who i'm actually irish irish horse who i'm actually going to bet um, and then there was Great Britain and France. Um, for me, uh, it's three, four, five. So the three horse out of Ireland, it's uh, Yaskian or Jaskian, however you want to pronounce that. It's two for two at Del Mar in the money. Um, I am a little worried. It has been 11 months since its last race, but that's okay. It's four years old um, and its last race was Last two were at Del Mar, um, very good at Del Mar with a win and a uh, show in its two races. So I'm going to like that. I'm going to go $5 across the board on that horse. I'm also going to go $5 across the board on the five horse, Bob and Jackie. This horse jumped out at me. Um, workout uh, on July 7th, ran on the turf, was uh, the fastest out of 11 at that time. Uh, or at that length, a uh, really, really good looking horse. Last year, or I'm sorry, no, um, uh, does have this year, or I'm sorry, no, excuse me, let me re-speak. Last year, it went two for two at Del Mar, um, two starts, two wins, obviously both on the turf. This is a good horse, um, and it's 10 to one, screams value to me. 
I'm going to go $5 across the board there. Um, and then just to throw something in, because I do like the four horse, but it's three to one. Um, the value to go across the board isn't amazing for me. So I'm going to do a 50 cent trifecta box of three, Ooh. four, five. Ooh. Trifecta box pretty much means um, you're, you're betting six ways. So 50 cent trifecta box will cost you $3. But if those three horses come in, uh, you, you hit the trifecta. Uh, they, they, they're boxed, so you don't need to pick one, two, three. Obviously, if you'd like to pick one, two, three, it would only cost you 50 cent. Um, but that's where I'm going. We got about seven minutes to throw that in. Uh, after this, there are still two more races, but this is the uh, the best of the best, if you will. Yeah, this is the main race. And it's, it's uh, I, I've been very, very impressed with the turf at, I mean, I know it's, this where the surf meets the turf, but literally the turf looks really good. Um, I don't quite know where that uh, injury happened today. I didn't see whether if it was dirt or turf, I'd have to imagine it was probably dirt. Um, but when I, what I will say about Los Alamitos is their, their, their fatality rate, at least two or three years ago, uh, was alarming. It was not, not anything to be happy about or be proud about or proud of. Um, I've, like I said, I've never been up there. I've driven by it um, as much fun as it might look, or at least from the outside, it looked fun. But um, as someone who goes to Del Mar, I'm not gonna be going up there anytime soon. Right, right. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. It's it's a really tough situation, and I, I like what you said. The activists, they, it needs. To, I think we're in this situation where the activists now, where oh, it's it's ban it or nothing, and that's just not going to happen. Uh, they 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 have to get over that. They have to kind of meet in the middle. It's like he said, like in the middle is the truth, or in the middle is the compromise, and that's how we'll get it done. With a lot of things going on in this country, might I add, but right. Really, yeah, me, I used to think it was easier, but now it's even getting any harder. But you need someone who understands people, uh, someone who's diverse, someone who knows how to talk to people. And we all should do it, right? And uh, we should all collaborate. And really, that's what's needed, really, is a collaboration between horse racing interests and activists. Stop screaming at each other. <laughs> Calm down for five seconds. Listen to what the other person is saying, right? And in, in this case, uh, it's not as hard, right? It's not as hard because as I was talking to Raider Jim, uh, you can't be around horse racing to see how many people. I, I, to be honest, I feel like 95, 90 to ninety-five percent of people work that work at the track love horses and love for you know 100%. activists love horses too so that's something huge that they have in common 
it's very rare when you start a negotiation. And I think that's why it's only like nine people and it's only like 13. I, and to be honest, this is another thing that a politician told me once. He said, and me included, and, and I'll raise my hand, right? Uh, that if you're interested in politics, right? And you're interested in activism, it's because you have probably anger issues and you're a little crazy. You're not 100% crazy, but, but, and that's what it is. A lot of these activists are nuts. You know, you know the people that throw blood at uh, uh, actors with mint coats. Those people are crazy, right? So there's some activists. And we know on both sides, on the left, on the right, and in the middle, who are just nuts, right? They're not nuts that you need to lock them up or tie them up. Well, they're a little out there, or they just got anger issues they need to get out. Exactly, and and uh, and sometimes it's there are definitely plenty of those pe these type of people that think um, if they are the loudest person in the room, they are right. And <laughs> that is not correct. That's uh, not. Correct. I've been the loudest person in the room many many times, and I've not always been correct. Exactly, and you might be a loud person, and sometimes you are correct, but it's very rare that you are the loudest person and correct. <laughs> but that's the other thing, too. People don't do their research, and all I do is research. If you've done a lot of research and then you're talking, that's one thing, but people don't do their research and they just start. And part of the research on both sides is getting to know each other and, and starting off with the love of horses. Because both sides love horses. Agreed. And it's like you said that it's, or it's not too often that negotiations start and they both pretty much want the same thing. I mean, or right. not maybe want the same thing, but they both believe in something very, I mean, very much that they agree on in terms of their love of horses. Right. And like I said, I, there are those out there that bet on the horses that, I mean, maybe are indifferent or just don't like horses. But I think for the vast majority of people who bet on the horses, the reason they do is because they fell in love with horse, horses early on. I mean, that's why, I mean, I remember if you go to Del Mar, there's, I, I, his name escapes me, but he's been the, I think they call it the, the, um, the lead groom or he, he's the one who pretty much like kind of leads them out he leads the parade he's all by himself and and in the the area between the paddock and the racetrack there's a little um alleyway or little bridge and they kind of walk under a little tunnel and it gets out to the big track and while the horses are being walked around in the uh paddock the horse will kind of stay there and the kids i mean you see the kids just going up to this horse and that the look on their faces it's it, you know the closest they most of these kids have been or maybe ever will be to a horse so I, I think that's where it really kind of is built and it's it is and del mar is really good i don't know about other tracks but uh sundays there i don't personally like to go on sundays because of this but sundays is um uh kids day and okay. they and it's similar i mean i think most places do it the padres do it on sundays it's mainly Hey, we get done earlier. Um, kids don't, it's a school night. You can have some fun and then still be home, um, tucked in bed and it'll still be eight o'clock. Kids get to run the bases. Exactly. Exactly. And they have, um, uh, I don't know what they're called, but they're, they're bouncy balls that the kids sit on and they have a, they have a race and 
it's funny and you know we all laugh and well at least they laugh i'm in the paddock you know just staring down the horses but um it's delmar at least like i said it's yes they there is gambling and yes they want you to bet on the horses but they also want you to see these horses and the beautiful animals and i think that's that's like i said from delmar's point of view ever my entire life well, um, what was that? And, and I like this too. I, it's not Barbaro. Barbaro, I had uh, somebody who I was talking to in business, and they were telling me how they uh, got cheated in, in uh, Kentucky Derby. I think uh, Conway got cheated on the same Kentucky Derby. No, his was later. Because Barbaro was like 2006, and it was what you said, but on a massive level. I bet, like, $500,000 on Barbara. And when he got to the window, he thought he was going to get X amount of money. And it was, in the, the thing I like, it was like, not that I like it, but the thing that got me, right? I'm learning, right? Because younger days, I would have uh, said something, but this time I kept my mouth shut because the guy still won. He was just, you know. Well, it's, it's a, it's an expectation. It's, and that's the thing about, and, and it's the only sport, at least that I gamble on, that I know of. That the odds are, will tell you what the odds are. You know what I mean? And right. it's, when, when you walk in a football bet, it says five to one, and then it's game time, and it's dropped to three to one. Well, tough shit. Here's my pick, or here's my ticket that says five to one. Um, so damn it. Um, so that's. That's the interesting part of it. Right. And uh, we're not looking too bad on this one, actually. The six horse, unfortunately, was running pretty good. We were looking four, five, six in terms of that. Um, does look like the five. Oh, wow. They're both going to fall. Yeah. Well, oh, no. There he goes. That will be second place, it looks like. So not amazing. But, it, oh, he ran him down. Oh, I think we got one. If you hit that five, folks, he ran him down. Got him. I think he got him at the photo. That was ten to one, five dollars across the board. That is, that is, that is very good. That is very, very nice. I am hoping that we're we're okay. Um, that's the best case scenario outside of four, five, six finishing one, two, three. Is the five coming in? The end of it. Are they going to show the photo finish? But I guess Trackside Live went back to Del Mar. Oh, yeah. I think... Um, so we get kicked off here. No, yeah. He got him at the nose. He got him by a nose. That's... Please. And those are the things, like I said, like, and I hate to, like, toot my own horn because I'm really not that type of person. Um, but... Why not? I am. Well, yes, and that's something I'm working on. You know that. That's the one thing I'm kind of working on is putting myself out there more and and and, and talking about myself more. And I really don't like it. doing it. Um, don't tell yourself short. Yeah. Be confident. And this, like I said, I've said it many a times. The I I'm, I feel like I'm at about 60, 65 percent right now, and for me to hit that right there, that that's big because all morning or even last night. When I was starting to do this or starting to go through um, the handicapping of this, that was a horse that I I thought might end up being a horse that is 
a show horse that that I would put down um, just because I'm not terribly confident. But as the day progressed and um, I mean, it, it, it all worked out. And I think, let me make sure. Oh, no. Okay. I thought it was Rispoli again, but oh, you could probably pull down this harness crap. Um, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I'm, uh, I know, just, God yeah. bless the God bless the harness racers of this world, and it's a hell of a lot safer for those jockeys. Um, but yeah, I don't bet on that shit. Um, so it, it's just good to know that your formula works. It's 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 like when you're in math or math class, you, you know you. You give it a formula and it's, and it's time to put that formula to use and, and you get that. And it's like multiple choice. And, and the one that you like, Oh, okay. Nine. Oh yes. Nine's listed. Perfect. Yes. You know, I'm really confident in that. And like I said, I feel, I feel good. We were looking at, you know, a negative day and I'm pretty sure that's going to pull us into the positives. Um, full disclosure. I do think I am going to call that a day um betting wise i'm cool. rather rather hungry and um i know these fights are well we'll hold on for another 15 minutes or so um kind of wrap it up and i'll let you know what the uh the winning was but um yeah i think uh but don't don't worry i'll be back tomorrow um not for this but we got baseball tomorrow nice article and the podcast as we will be at that point what 10 no 12 days away from opening day um we'll have some some lines uh won't won't fully pick them yet but we'll kind of look over some lines we'll we'll uh, have some betting lines exactly it's incredible betting lines (laughs) but we want to specify because we have yeah, I was listening to one of our podcast partners uh, retweeted one of their videos and I was watching, and they were talking about Coke lines, which I hadn't seen in like 20 years. And since I've been out of it, I didn't even know people still did that. But I guess now I know they, they still do. Uh, but yeah, it's sports betting lines that we're doing. Exactly. And and uh, keep an eye on my Twitter tomorrow. I will have some uh, some horse racing bets that I will be dropping. I don't think it will be um, the full invest that I put in today. I'm actually going to probably walk up the street, grab myself a six-pack, and enjoy the UFC fights. I told myself if I came in the positives tonight, I, I, I earned myself a, 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 the UFC. So full disclosure, I am maybe calling it a little early. Let me just say... If I had won, if I didn't win that last race, I probably would have kept going. But I'm like, hey, I'm in the positives. I want to watch the UFC tonight. Um, But I hope you all. I hope I made everybody money. Sorry, I I will, but I will use. I will go online and look up other people. So my research is cherry picking other people's bets of the best value. I don't. I've never fought um competitively and i know don't get me wrong i have never raced horses either it's a little different there but you know at least with baseball or football like i could go run out and do play a little two-hand touch and you know they talk about in the ufc they say oh you play baseball you play tennis you play football you don't play ufc or you don't play fighting like you get in there for keeps mainly what i enjoy and is 
for the most part, it's not always like this. And sometimes the, the fights that aren't like, aren't like this are the most fun, but the, the sportsmanship of it, of five rounds or three rounds of these guys just, oh yeah, those are some nice payouts. Um, some just going after each other savagely. And it is the first combat sport really ever human right. ever dealt with. And it is ultra violent. And I, you know, I understand why people would think that, oh, you know, it's not blah, blah, blah. And it's not for you. That's not for you. Congratulations. Don't pay $70 for it. Enjoy. I'm going to, cause I enjoy seeing, and it is an athletic effort, um, boxing for whatever. If I want to go see two big guys, throw hands, I'll spend a couple bucks in PV and that'll happen. But UFC <laughs> is it's, it's the full it's, uh, martial arts, it's wrestling. Um, it, it's striking and right. it's, I just like to sit back for three hours, listen to Joe Rogan call fights. I mean, him calling fights, uh, Bruce Buffer, when Bruce Buffer does the, the, the main event introduction, I don't care if it's introdu- introducing a rat versus his stepson. I am, I'm all, the, I'm all for it. I, I've stopped parties and told everyone to shut up because I need to hear Bruce Buffer give me the, it's time. I, I just love it. I've my favorite fighter of all time is George St. Pierre. He's 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 an idol and not just fighting. Obviously, I'm not going to be a George St. Pierre fighting, but just his mindset and and his motivational outlook on things. And he did it the right way. Anderson Silva, you know, he was really good, but he got popped for steroids. So the real goat is GSP in my mind. Um, and uh, I will fight anybody to the death on that one. And don't even talk to me about Conor McGregor being the goat because that is a joke if you want to talk about sportsmen if you want to talk about paper pay-per-view buys then we'll talk about conor mcgregor being the goat but um george st pierre he's he's the top dog and um yeah i'm, I'm excited for the ufc tonight uh it's it's fight island i don't know if you're familiar with that but ufc bought yeah, an island about ufc at all yeah they bought yeah. an island and they are um they are fighting on an island We'll see how that goes. It's odd to me because it's off of the coast of you, uh, the Abu Dhabi, I believe. Oh, okay. And it's Spartan at seven o'clock Pacific time. What, what the hell is it? So, like six in the morning over there? It's not, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I know nine it's, hours ahead. See, that's great. I mean, that's like minimum middle of the night type stuff. Right. Um, so, there's nothing but, much going on there. <laughs> that's the one hundred percent. And believe me, UFC will get their fighters acclimated to that time and the fighters will too and, right. no yeah um, but Dana, just, Dana um, White, you know dana white uh he, he's a smart guy and he he uh might not accomplish it 100 percent of the time but he does make a genuine effort to be a class act and and to do everything the right way i mean everything the right way have the right strategy for anything he does business-wise he's, but he's not going to apologize. And that's what I love about him. He's a guy that's, if you bring him on ESPN or, or uh, FS1, there's a chance he says shit. You know, he, he's a pretty edgy guy. And I'll tell you what, you want to talk about businessmen think long-term? Look at Dana White buying the UFC and where it is now. Right. That is the absolute definition of businessmen thinking long-term. That was a sport that was like, a, like, like, Guys bought that for like to like make fun of it. Like, look at these guys just beating the hell out of each other, you know. And now it is 
I mean, you the, the numbers speak for themselves. I don't have them in but front of me, but, he, but from he, where uh, they were about, to where they about, are now. Well, the numbers are short, right? Because the numbers are always short, but it's about a $4 billion industry. But then uh, talking to people this week, they, you know, they asked about the podcast. They were like, oh, do you guys, uh, do you guys cover UFC? You know, and we don't because uh, you, when you start stacking sports, right, you get into degenerate, though. When you start spreading yourself thin and you're only breaking down bets and you're not spending time with your family or being in, or just watching the fights for fun, you know, if, if you start like not only researching to bet on them, but you're also reporting on them and teaching people angles on how to do it, it gets involved. So, so in 2000, Dana White bought the UFC for $2 million with an M. Right. Uh, and he sold it. Uh, oh, he sold it. I think he's still president. So I remember that well, actually. There's, he's not the major partner, but he's still. Well, this is what happened. And this is what happened. Like, like, like when I when I sold my restaurant, it happens for every business. You sell a business, you have to stay on for like six months, and teach the new people that bought the business. Uh, what's going on in your particular location? What's going on with your business? Well, that was 2016, so I think it's. I think this. Yeah, is but yeah, but what happens on his level is that they buy equity, right? And they buy most of the company. They give them cash, and they say, "Okay, for all this cash, we want you to keep running it because we don't know anything about it. We just know that you're good with this amount of cash." Right, and you know how to run it, right? He's like, I know how to run UFC. I know all these guys. I know the business. You guys don't. So if you guys took it over, you guys would take a huge loss. But with me on here, I'll take the money like I lost it, and I'll continue to run it. And a guy like Dana White, uh, he likes working out. He likes being involved. He likes to be out and about. He can't just sit at home. So for him, that's a good deal because he always has to be busy doing something. He can't just take a bunch of money and just retire. He's still a young guy. How old is he? Um, does he, oh, uh, 50. Yeah. So yeah. He sold, he sold the, uh, that, um, so he bought it for 2 million, sold it for $3.77 billion. So that's a hell of a return on the investment. Um, and, uh, he's yeah. young like me. He's young like me. I consider myself young, and he's young like me. And we're, you know, it doesn't matter how much money uh, you have, you don't retire. You want to stay active, because I don't know. And I have clients uh, with a lot more money than me who cannot work, but they still work. If you still need that challenge and you still need that struggle in life, you can't just check out, right? Like go Belichick. But Belichick's in his 60s. He doesn't have to work for money anymore. Same thing with uh, Andy Reid, all those guys. But they like the challenge and they like the struggle. Part of our DNA. And uh, the last last thing I got, um, it's been a great day. Uh, the final total. Um, yeah, uh, a 33.50 profit today. So for the meet... 
I am uh, up a cool uh, $60. So it was 27 yesterday, 33 today. We'll see how tomorrow goes. But if I can make $30 a day, um, just free dinner $5 a day um, or uh, five times a week, uh, I'm going to be in a pretty good spot. You're going to be uh, having free dinners on the ponies every night. I mean, a lot of red meat, I'll tell you that. Lots of red meat. <laughs> All right. So closes out with uh, Winston Churchill. You did a lot of giving today. True. You know, uh, you, you make a, <clears throat> excuse me, you make a living by what you do, but you make a life by what you give. Thank you all again so much for listening. Hopefully you all uh, made some money with us today. And if you didn't and you came on late and you realized how you missed, missed out, we'll be back with you next Saturday to do this uh, all over again. And don't forget Tuesday, myself and Raider Jim have a podcast um, breaking down uh, everything you really need to know uh, about horse racing. And that will be another incredibly educational podcast. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Yeah, and I'll be on that one too to give my two cents. Have a good one. Thank you for listening.